Welcome everyone to podcast episode 73 of Calling in the Power Ring. I'm your co-host Matt Turner. With me as always my good buddy, my tag partner from Team Blue and Gold, the one and only, the million dollar man himself, Andy Heather. Hello, hello. <laughs> you little Baba Booey. There you go. Hello, 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 hello. No, I'm doing good. How's it going? Sir. How's it going I'm, today? And it's a little bit colder today. It's the first day of November. Yesterday was like 72 <laughs> in our Halloween, and now it's uh, kind of cold out. It's insanely windy, and we it got, is. We had a flat. We had a flash flood warning around quarter to twelve, and when we get the when you get them out. Me and him both have the iPhones. When you get them, like this really loud beep. Oh sound yeah, I always in. turn it off because it's so annoying. I didn't. I mean, I knew it was, it was rainy yesterday and a little bit windy. But it must have picked up. I went to bed around, geez, maybe 9, 9.30, if that. And then it was around 12. But no, obviously, so there's two phones, and it's on my side of the bed. So that woke me up, and I'm a light sleeper. And then it was raining like crazy. Needless to say, me getting up at quarter to four for my workout today was not fun. Yeah. But it's Friday, so and I have the house to myself this weekend. Oh, wow. Where, where are the girls off to? Lily is going over her mom, so after uh, I will be dropping her off later today, and Amber is taking a half day at work, and she's going up to Vermont for her grandmother's uh, sister's 60th birthday party, so she's gone all weekend. Oh, wow. So I'm the Vermont, man tell, her, yep, tell so. her you want some, some uh, what's the maple syrup, that's the big thing in Vermont, and maple syrup in a whiskey syrup. bottle. <laughs> yeah, so obviously tonight will be kind of just a low-key night, just get my stuff ready for tomorrow, obviously tomorrow we have... RCW, and then when I come home from that, I'll be watching the much-anticipated Nick Diaz-Jorge Masvidal title our fight, which is for the unofficial BMF title, and which I obviously can't say on the podcast, and there's big rumors, and I think they're actually confirmed that The Rock will be presenting the winner with the belt. Oh, I I heard something about that, so hey, why not? Rock's a huge star. I mean, not just wrestling in movies now, so get a lot of eyes on it. That's a good deal, and I'm going to try to find, uh, when I get home from the gym tomorrow, I'm, there is a Japanese wrestling show that I want to watch, and it's not the New Japan show, it is a absolutely loaded pro wrestling NOAA card, and they're running uh, Ryogoku Sumo Hall, I believe the same venue that New Japan ran for King of Pro Wrestling, so it's an absolute loaded show, so I have to find some way to watch it. I'll have to give you that uh, one site where I uh, watch AEW on the uh, unscrupulous, by unscrupulous means, I guess you could say. <laughs> Yeah, just uh, show me. Uh, yeah, they might. I mean, I don't know if that how because it's technically like I don't know if it's a pay per view or not. So I don't know if it, it's a little bit harder to watch pay per views than a uh, weekly show. So uh, hey, give me a shot. I, I will figure it out, Mr. Header. So we're into things a little bit different as you discussed before we went on the air. Now, obviously, we usually talk the usual comics and wrestling. We'll get into that. We do plug our stuff, you know, when we're wrestling and you know our what podcasts we're on, what shows we're on, what stuff we're we're plugging our social medias, but. We're going to spend a little bit of today talking about the uh, absolute rampant yet fun and I thought very successful weekend. That was uh, me and you, Team Blue and Gold, this past week. And obviously we wrestled in three matches on Saturday and we debuted our new shirts. But mm-hmm. just to give the fans a little appetizer, talk, why don't you tell them what, uh, what you did on Friday? No, so Friday night I returned to ACW, Atomic Championship Wrestling. I usually run at Stevens at a fire hall and then like every couple shows... They have one at Club Reverb in Reading, where a lot of bands played. I've seen Fear Factory there, Solo Work, uh, Children of Bodom, and, and the Iron Maidens, the all-female Maiden cover band. But it How was, was that? How was that? That was good when I seen that. They were they were really good. 
It, uh, what's her name? She's uh, Nita Strauss. She's on the Jericho's podcast. Yeah, she That's play, right. She played Nakamura to the ring at that one uh, NXT. Mania. Yeah, Mania. Yeah. 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 She she used to be in the band. Then when she left, they got another girl to replace her. So she was uh, in the Iron Maidens for a few years. But they're really good. Even and the singer, she does the thing where she'll leave and come back out in the in the uh, the British war suit like Bruce Dickinson does. And Eddie came out and the devil came out. So I was like, this is well worth it for twenty dollars. <laughs> Yeah, I've seen clips of it on YouTube, and it's tough to see. I, I mean, they are doing more tours over here, so it's tough to kind of go see them. So it's like, well, that's like the next best thing, and it's yeah. just like it'd be worth the 20 or 30 bucks. Yeah, and, and that's like one of them tickets where there's no surcharge. You just you pay the building, and you get right in. So and I even oh, bought a shirt. It's like a female Eddie. Yeah, but it, so I was at uh, Liberty Ribbon Ready for ACW, and I took on Facade, a guy who's uh, had a few matches in ROH. I don't know where he lives. I think he lives somewhere in Maryland or something like that. The, the Neon Ninja. I remember I wrestled with him. I didn't not in match, but he was in LCW. He also wrestles at PPW. He's all over. So uh, we had a, a pretty good match. We were, I think, second or third to last. So we did a lot, a lot of lucha stuff and everything. And the one part where I, I think I told you, if not, I told us that I, you know, I wanted to do the top rope Frankensteiner that I do. And I, that's all I really said. So I put him up there, and then I crawl up, and he begins to stand up on the top rope. And I'm like, all right, I guess we're doing this one. <laughs> and I'm like, well. First time for everything, so I did it. It came off pretty good, so Super Frankensteiner, got that in the books. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was a good match. He's a, a cool guy. They had, uh, we were both uh, the faces, so it was kind of like, oh, you know, shaking hands and everything. So it was a good match. I, I think it's taped. I don't know if ACW uploads them, but uh, it was a good time there. And uh, he, he beat me with the springboard diamond cutter, or cutter, whatever you want to say. But it was entertaining. Imagine a fun time at the Club Reverb and I. Excited to wrestle there again. So I know I got two more dates for ACW. I think November 9th they're having a show again next Saturday. And then sometime in December. I'm not sure when. But I'm looking forward to it. So it was, it was a fun night on Friday night. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to podcast episode 33 with the aerial assassin Andy. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey. <laughs> yeah, you, you did tell me. At, I did see some clips of it online on Friday night. And I'm like, oh, man, the building look cool. Everything that you guys did look cool. Now, I didn't see that spot, but then you told me about it sometime on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. That you did the uh, top rope, the top, top, the Jericho yeah. style top rope run. So. Yeah, and that, that, and then one spot, that clip that he, uh, Facade goes for, he does like a, he springs up to the second rope and then he jumps up to the top rope and he does a 450 to the outside. So instead of doing that, I jumped in real quick and he fell outside. I gave him the drop kick and I did a suicide dive. So <laughs> kind of ruined his spot, but still, it was still cool. And I got a sweet uh, entrance video that uh, the guy who did our shirts, they are for our shirts, uh, James Frazier, he made a really awesome video. It has Street Fighter, Mega Man, Super Metroid, uh, Darkstalkers, and uh, Marvelous Capcom in it. And I was like, wow, this is an awesome video. <laughs> I did see that. That's, no, that's the same guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's like the ACW uh, media guy, I guess you could say. Oh, cool. He does all the match graphics and posters and... Um, the entrance videos and then if you hit him up he'll do art for you too so when you see him at the next ACW show you gotta tell him hey man you made us a lot of money yeah yeah definitely <laughs> yeah he's a real nice guy too so if you want any artwork done uh, hit up James Frazier he'll even make a video for you I don't know what he charges for that this was obviously because he works for ACW so <laughs> I don't know what he charges if you don't work there but I mean he'll make a really good video for you that's pretty nifty and then we'll, we'll go on about the shirts we had uh Okay, the, the color was mineral black. It's like a faded black. It almost looks like rust. We still have some of them left. And then today, just today, I got blue ones and black ones. And we go all the way up from, we have small to 3X. So 
if you're looking for another shirt, just message me or, or Matt Turner. Message one of us and we'll get you a shirt. 20 bucks. If we gotta ship it, it'll be 25 because we gotta pay for the shipping. And uh, I'll ship it anywhere. So, but we ship got blue ones and black brother. ones now. Or, yeah. Yeah. or if you're in the Reading area, stop down and see some wrestling tomorrow. We'll yes. Have them at yeah. The show you, as well. Yeah, if you see them at a show, then they're only $20. But we have, we have plenty now. So. Hopefully yeah, they'll sell fast much. though, because I think we, we, of our first one, we only got 30, and we were down to like, I don't know, 11. <laughs> so the yeah. extra large seemed to move the fast, extra large, large, and 2X. 2X is a popular size. Yeah, we sold out all the big sizes. We did get some smalls and mediums just for the kids, and I don't think there wasn't too many kids at that show, but I know usually True Wrestling has a lot of yeah. kids. We're over with the kids there, so I, I know we're wrestling there that we the 23rd. So Yeah, and it's always uh, good to sure. have a, a small or medium on hand because you never, you never know what size people are going to ask for. Some, some asked for 3X, and I didn't have them because you couldn't get the mineral black uh, design T-shirt up in that size, but now at plain black, we have 3X now. We did a 4X, but they're sold already. So maybe next time we get a 4X if you need. Yeah, yeah, we did pretty well. Uh, and then not only that, but the shirt, the show. I thought for the three years that we've been team and partnered, I think this was our best outing. I thought all three matches we had were different. I thoroughly enjoyed all three matches, and uh, that main event, boy howdy, was uh, was something. It was an atmosphere that. I don't think I've been a part of a long time. I don't know about you. I mean, it was so loud in there. Yeah, that was great how uh, everyone came down to the ring to uh, cheer on the the finals of the tag team tournament and crown the first ever tag team champions. I, I really liked that. It felt like uh, like P PWG when they come up to the ring or uh, Hood Slam does that. There's a couple other places that do it too where like when the wrestlers are done, they're just surrounding the ring or sometimes the fans are just like pounding on the ring. So everything stays in the ring. It's, it's pretty cool. But it had that uh, big match feel. Definitely the last match against the Diamond City War Machine of Eric Penhat and Bruno DeMaio. So it was a it was a really good time. We didn't win the belts, unfortunately, but hey, we'll get a, a title shot, I'm sure, sometime down the line. But we did. We did call out a tag team. You want to tell people who we called out? Challenged, if you will. Well, hey, let's kind of just go. Where do you want to go back the, first? Let's go backwards. I'm, I'll start going, then, well, by all means, partner, feel free to, uh, to come and add anything. So. First match of wrestling the Sambo mm -hmm. show, and I think I think Sam Adams is one of the best uh, old school pure heels in independent wrestling, and I've only seen him team up with uh, Lobo with uh, Lobo uh, a, a time or two. So obviously both extremely you know nice guys. So we kind of had an easy match laid out, and maybe about ten or fifteen minutes before we went out, they pulled us aside, and we're going to kind of pull back the curtain here, guys. And like I said, a good. Good, you know, good uh, first quarter of this podcast and dedicated to, uh, you know, pretty much to this night. This was this was a big night for us and independent wrestling. So they said, well, do you guys ever watch Mid-South Wrestling? And I was like, yeah. what do you mean, like, Bill Watts Mid-South Wrestling? Said, yeah, we have the spot that we want to do that we see the Fantastics and the Midnight Express want to do. Are you guys down for it? And they basically ran the spot by us and we said, yeah. And then I was like, well, how about instead of this, we'll do this because I saw... Arn do this with Ricky Morton. He's like, oh, he's like, yeah, yeah. He's like, that, that's great. So we kind of mixed some things up. And then they kind of looked at us and said, boy, we didn't, we weren't sure if you guys were going to understand the spot. I was thinking to myself, are we just two more of like the PWG, Ring of Honor, New Japan Junior style that like people don't realize that we do? Like a lot of the, we can do a lot of the old school stuff. I kind of always wanted to blend a little bit of the old school into like the new school stuff that we do. And I think this match was like the perfect blend for it. Yeah, I thought it was good. I mean, we did the thing where it's like arm drag, and then you hold on to the to the arm, work it, and then get up arm drag. So I, I liked it. I was a little confused at the beginning because like, ah, oh, because the three matches blurred in my mind. But I, I think it worked pretty well. And them guys are really, really easy to work with. Yeah. So um, 
let's back up before that. Once we were the first match out, so what they were going to do is they're going to have all eight tag teams come out. So there's they you know, backbreakers. We did the whole. They basically have a whole like stage setup, like think WCW back in the '90s, think like ECW, you know, towards the end there, where they kind of have the ramp. They had a really nice production thing, and I noticed the crowd was just really hot. Like we showed the video package, the crowd was really hot, and they were just announcing teams coming out. And they were going to do like the old school uh, New Japan Super J Cup, you know, photo yeah. in the ring. Our Super uh, Eight, you know, if you remember yeah. ECWA, which I think they still have that in Jersey. Yeah, I, I believe so. Um, I think it's I think it's in Delaware, Delaware, Maryland, okay. WA. But so the first team, the first two teams come out, and they get pretty big pops, and then we come out, and I'm like, wow, we got a really big pop. And I'm kind of waiting. The other teams come in, and I'm just like, I really think that we might have got the biggest pop. So like, all right, fine, yep, that was good. Take the picture, whatever. Go back. Sambo Show comes out first. They uh, they requested some promo time. They got some promo time. They got some really good heel heat. We came out, nice pop. We had a nice, simple, easy match. Told a great story, and the uh, the finish was we hit uh, Lobo with the uh, Death of the Phoenix. I put Lobo in the choke. Sam came in for the save, and then you put him in the crossface. They both double tapped out. We were out of there in about 10-11. Yeah. great, and they loved it. The, I, the, the pop for the crowd was absolutely huge. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was a good first match. We didn't do too much, you know, and it wasn't. It wasn't boring at all, so it was a, it was a nice first, uh, nice pace first match. Yeah, so the psychology was there. I really enjoyed it. So then we come back, and it might, it might have been, I might have been most said, well, that was the first match. Good luck, anybody, following that tonight. And I was like, well, I'm trying to follow that two more times. So Yeah, we literally have to. <laughs> <laughs> so the second match, we were wrestling the uh, the cross A, Danny Fuego and Aaron Roxas. Mm-hmm. And I was a little worried about this match just because when you're in a tournament and we knew we're wrestling three times, you want your first, you have literally pretty much a good few minutes or few hours to call your first match. And then, of course, you want the last match because it's the main to be all sorts of crazy. So that was my concern number one. It's just like, well, it's kind of the second match. It's the semifinal. You know, people might not be paying too much attention to it or we might be putting too much in on the main event. So they, those guys basically said, here's what we want to do for a finish. And I was like, you know, fine, we'll put our little spin to it. And I was also worried because I knew they wrestled the Diamond City War Machines a few months ago, and that match was, uh, how can I say this without being rude, not good? Rough. <laughs> yeah, rough. I watched it, it wasn't good. I know uh, the boys in the back, when they came back, they weren't happy. So I was like, well, you know, kind of like t- to me, the way it is, like, okay, challenge accept. Like, I've seen these guys have one tag match before. It was rough, as you said, sir. So I was like, challenge accepted. Let's, uh, let's try to make this well, a good one. And I thought we had a nice beginning. We had some good stuff in there. The crowd was with it. They put a little heat on me. And I was like, yeah, the crowd's really not into this. And then I got the hot tag to you. You came in, did a whole bunch of things. And then the crowd really came alive. So I was like, ah, okay. We took up. You know, it seemed like for the first match, the crowd was just kept getting higher, higher, and higher. And I think this was the more traditional up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. And then I think once we hit the uh, the trilogy of finishes, I, they got really, really into it. Yeah. And I, I thought they did very well for being two newer guys yet. Uh I know uh, Danny Fuego, he's maybe two years at the most, I would say. Probably both of them, right around the same time they started. And they both trained at Backbreakers. I thought it was great. I really enjoyed it. I might have enjoyed this just as as much, if not a little more than the first match, uh, just because it told a different story. And I was like, I would really like to get, you know, I like to have another match with these guys. where Maybe we have a little more time, obviously, it's a tournament, we weren't allowed a certain amount of time. And we kind of just literally put it together within about five or ten minutes. Uh, basically, the finish was the match was uh, Header comes in there, a house of fire. We get Danny and Fuego with the Maximum 
Carnage, which we haven't done a, a while, and I was I was trying to get him all the way up to the top. Yeah. Kind of tell he was nervous taking it, and he was slipping. I said, you know, you just get one foot at the top. I'll do one foot on the top, one foot in the middle, kind of like Arn Anderson style. So uh, you hit the splash. We both get cut off by Aaron Roxas. He goes to German U. Uh, basically, we get out of that. We hit him with the uh, Alto Nullifier, which is the roaring elbow to the German suplex. Danny Fuego comes in. I duck his clothesline. We hit the, the delayed Doomsday Clock, mm-hmm. which is the Spike Brain Buster, and then you put him away with uh, your finish, the Kryptonite Crunch. Yeah, yeah, and I thought it flowed really nice. So yeah, I'd like to wrestle him again. I thought they did very well. I even said, hey, great, great job, guys. I mean, like, for being fairly new yet, they did very well. Yeah, and I didn't even get a chance to talk to him because literally the way, the, the way that it was set up was it was that match, then Gilbert versus <laughs> yeah. uh, Rex. Max Tyler, and then we had to go out there again. So we were trying to put together some of the, at least the end of the match with Brad and Eric. Now, obviously, I've known those guys forever, so I text Brad earlier in the week and I said, This is kind of what I wanted to do. I wanted to do, like when we get towards the falsies, to see if the locker room would empty, a la ECW, a la Ring of Honor. Um, you know, just to make that big fight feel. But I would like to have the finish, like an old school, all Japan, King, you know, early 90s King Road match, like you would do with Holy Demon Army versus. Uh, Masawa, Kabashi, or, or they would do with Hanson and Gordy, Masawa, Kawada, where it's just you just build, 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 and you have like we just really just call it a finish. So we were kind of putting things together. We kind of knew where we were going to go. I'm like, all right, we'll call it afterwards. And then I think you went because you were Gilbert twice. I think just yeah. you're alone, right? Yeah. And you're like, yeah, it's not going to go long. So I think you pulled Rex aside. Like, look, can you like literally we're going to come back, make sure those guys are okay. We need ten. Can you give us like twelve minutes, curtain to curtain? So we can put re-put the rest of the match. It's like, yeah, no problem. So we get back. I think we towel ourselves off. I change my shirt. I change my uh, forearm, um, my uh, forearm pad uh, deal, the arm sleeve, mm-hmm. because I want to. I want to have something different for each match. And I think you either re-taped up or did something. And the next thing you know, the bell rang. Yeah, and that was quick. That was it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's how I was like, oh, this is called. I know Eric was a little worried. He's like, just call it to me in there. I'm like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> like, he knew, well, he knew Eric, some key yeah. spots, like, at the end. But I was like, that's all right. We'll be okay. Yeah, I think, and Eric kind of looked at me, and he gave me the confidence. He goes, brother, you're the one that p- puts this in up. Credit to all four of you guys for letting me do this. He was like, brother, you're the one that wanted to put this match together. You just call what you want to do out there for the finish. We know where we're going, and that's it. There was some things that were messed up, some things that were a little mistimed. But it didn't seem like anybody seemed to care because it was literally, you know, we basically, it was, it was nice because we basically had a nice, easy pace going back and forth. We did some chain rest and some stuff here and there. And then we started breaking down with some dives and then we started hitting some double teams. I thought the double team thing we did to Eric where it was basically we were just blasting with stuff in the corner and then we hit him with the uh, the double Shibata. I guess we can call it the takeover dropkick because Kenta, you know, Kenta and Shibata both do it. Yeah. The Kenta double. I thought that was a really, really cool spot. And then we traded back and forth faulties. I purposely wanted to make it, you know, nobody's kicked out of the Death of the Phoenix since we started doing it about a year and a half ago. Eric kicked out of it clean. Uh, I took a whole bunch of stuff back and forth with Eric and Brad, and then Brad hit me with a burning hammer, which I haven't taken in about 13, 14 years. And the last time I took it was was, was him, and I you know, yeah. sent him a text message a couple days before, and I said, you think we can hit this? And he's just like, yeah, I can. I said, all right, I said, if you don't feel safe, don't hit it. And right as his music played, I was like, Hi, brother, you feel safe doing the burning hammer? And he's like, yep. He's like, your life is in, I go, my life is in your hands. He goes, yeah. as, he goes as yours are mine. I said, all I'm doing is hitting you really hard. He goes, like I said, your life is in my hands as well. <laughs> yeah, have you ever, have you ever uh, 
shy about doing that move or whatever you don't feel safe. You can always do the super easy one where you start to flip them where they land on their stomach. So. Yeah, I've seen that one before. Yeah. But no, it was, uh, I've seen the, the videotape look brutal as well as it should. I felt fine. But one of the coolest things was I was rolling. You know, uh, obviously you broke that up and then you had a spot where you were doing a couple things. And I know the next spot for me was to break up the pin with uh, me coming out the rope with a double stop. Yeah. As I was rolling to the outside to kind of one, set up for the spot two, get out of the way of the ring and three, sell. All the wrestlers were there, and they were all, you know, oh man, this is awesome, this is great, this is terrific, this is so. So one thing, and by this point, the crowd is red hot. You know, I'll tell you, there was probably about twelve of the boys that were out on the apron, banging on the mat. The crowd is red hot. They're like, this is great, this is terrific. Now it's like, man, I said everybody's by. If you, you know, it's one thing to pop the crowd, but now we're popping the boys. Yeah. So that, that was really cool. <laughs> Whenever I'd land next to someone like Trajan talked to me, someone else was talking to me. I think Molly was. So that was kind of cool. But, Not uh, only that, but there was a good five or six of the boys that were on our shirts. So I'm like, man, yeah. this, is, this is pretty cool. Yeah, stepdads bought some. So yeah, that, that was great. <laughs> you know. So we're going back and forth. and we I had this spot set up where it was going to be Brad just, just, he was going to chop me. I was going to kick him. So as we're getting, he's like, all right, where are we at? I'm trying to call the spot. He's like, I can't hear you. And I was literally grabbed him by the head to make it look like I was for him. Like and, Suzuki. Uh, it was, yeah. It was so loud. So what happened was he started chopping me. I started kicking him. And I know he's hitting me hard because I can hear Matt, the ref Matt, who I love. I can hear him selling it. Mm -hmm. And I can hear it, but I can't feel it. And I think it's just like I had this last shot of adrenaline. Again, this is the third match. I went to the gym for two hours before. My bedtime and normal time is between like 9, 9.30. This is going for like 10, 10 o'clock, 10, 10.30, whatever time it was. Yeah. It's like usually I'm in bed at this time. Mm. And the crowd starts chanting, this is awesome. This is wrestling all these guys. And we just keep going back and forth, back and forth. I may have been able to milk the striking battle more, but whenever I had, I don't know, I had this, this thing. I don't know if it's a confidence thing or what it is to be partner, but when something's going really well, I'm like, okay, I, I feel if I go too long, I'm gonna lose the champ. Okay. I'm gonna lose the crowd. I'm gonna like I'm gonna cut it off here. I'm gonna you know even even when I gamble, which I rarely will do. But you know if I put twenty dollars in and on the first roll I win ten, You're I'm done. I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. So it's like ah maybe I'll just kind of quit while I'm ahead. So uh, we did that. We did some back and forth. We did you know I I, I didn't even a chance to ask you. So I guess I asked you on the podcast. So we did this spot where I had Brad in the triangle choke and he just about passes out. And you get Eric through kryptonite crunch. On top of Brad, how did that go from your end? I'm pretty good. I was worried about like uh, crushing people because I, I never did it on top of someone before. So I kind of like I told him I would pick him up and instead of this landing how I normally do, more more of a sit down, like and then like uh, I would throw him like if that makes any sense. So I'm kind of like running over, but I did still sit down. It, it worked though. We did it and then I just kind of rolled off the side. I was like oh, so I, it, that got a good reaction too because it probably looked a little cringeworthy, not the bad one. Kind of like oh, that hurt like that. So. Yeah, that got a good pop as well. And then basically, me and Brad went back and forth. I had him in the uh, the, ch the choke. You and Eric went the outside brawling. He slipped behind me. He gave me a sleeper suplex, which I never took before, and I was very lucky on the burning hammer. So I think I might have kind of went out to the side a little, just because I was like, you know, maybe I'll just put one on my head. And then he locks me in the which literally now I took about four or five head dumps this match. I did the superplex the match before. And so he locks me in, and I'm like, okay, this is going to be the easiest thing. I'm just going to sell like Tanahashi does in a submission, and we're just going to melt this until until it's over. So he locks me in a con device, and as soon as he locks me in, I can, he's literally choking me. <laughs> so I, have I have three options. I can either pass out, I can tap out, not milk this as long as I want to, or I can 
compromise the match by shoot getting out of this. So yeah. I can't talk, so I literally grab Matt by the Matt, Matt by the shirt, and I'm like, tell him to ease up, like he's legit. I'm like, I'm literally about five, about three or four seconds from going out. Yeah. Like I'm getting lightheaded, so he lets out. So I'm trying to shift my weight on top of him and get like a pin, kind of like how Jericho would do a punk when they feuded. And I can't position myself, so it's like, ah, the heck, but we got the crowd where it is. So I sifted myself back, and then I told him to crank it in. When he did, he pulled up half part of my torso, and I felt, I guess it was like my rib or something pop. Mm. I was like, oh, you got to be kidding. So I was like, I'm literally, like, this is the end. Like, I just took a burning hammer, I took, you know, I took the most insane stuff, and I was like, this should have been the easiest. And the only thing that, that remotely even hurt me in the match was that, but I, I, I was okay. I think I didn't pull the muscle, pop the muscle. Yeah. I was, I was fine afterwards, so, and, uh, Basically, I kind of passed out, and then Matt just uh, Matt just called for the bell, and that was that was the end of that. Talk about grabbing a hole, dang! He really put it on there. <laughs> if I could have changed anything, maybe I would put a couple more falsies in from all of us, you know, uh, me and Eric and stuff. But hey, what can you do? I know at one point. Uh, Eric was in the corner. I was like, okay, he just took somebody's leg. I saw go to Brad. I was like, Rainmaker. And Brad's like, all right. So I was going to hit the Rainmaker for an air fall, see if then Eric broke it off. I'm like, eh, no big deal. And still, it still came off as a, as a good match. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy with it. That's the only thing I would have just added a little bit more. But hey, when you got to do a match right after you just did one and you don't have much time, you know, you can't, can't be too worried about it. Yeah, well, I'm sure there'll be a rematch. Mm-hmm. I know the fans are, fans are already clamoring for it. So, especially the reaction we got. So the original idea was, um, and I talked to you about this, Mr. Headers, we didn't know, we thought we were winning the tournament to be, you know, to go behind the curtain. We really thought it was going to be awesome. We didn't know until we got there. So the original idea was, there's been some steam online, and I'll, I'll you know, I'll go through the whole thing. I put on my, uh, the Rock and Roll Express put something out on, uh, I think Ricky Morton's Facebook, or the School of Morton Facebook, saying, you know, 2019, we're still going, we're this, and I think it's when they won the NWA Tag Belt the week before they wrestled for it's like we're still going we don't plan on stopping anytime soon so i put on my personal facebook that i just you know copied and posted I said how awesome is this obviously i'm a huge fan of the rock and roll Fest. who is it uh i mean they're just, just they're absolute classic tag team it's still probably one of the best tag teams in the world today i mean they're still awesome yeah so it's like how awesome is this and then all of a sudden everybody's like man i'd love to see blue and gold versus rock and roll express i would love to see blue let's get a you know so somebody's podcast but it mentioned it, so there's been some steam behind it. So I said, you know what the heck with it? Let's get some real steam behind it. If we win this tournament, I'm going. It's going to be in front of a big crowd. You know, there's going to be cameras everywhere. I'm just going to, you know, say, hey, you know, somewhere, anywhere. I don't care where it is. Imagine in Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey. We want, you know, we don't care what promotion. We would like to wrestle the Rock and Roll Express. And I wanted to make sure that when I was said I was doing a call out, I was doing out of honor and, and respect. Yeah. So, um, you know, obviously two big baby faces, brother. You're not like, hey, we want to we beat the hell out of you. You know, like that. I was like that. <laughs> so, yeah, like Pentagon Phoenix did. Um, yeah. So, I'm talking LAX. Yeah, LAX, we're yeah. into that. So, I, I figured the crowd's real hot. Everybody's standing up. So, I crawled over to you, and I was like, hey, man, I think I'm going to do the rock and roll uh, promo. And you're like, yeah, go for it. Do it. So I grabbed the microphone and I obviously, you know, put, I said something, which I don't remember what I said, but every, a lot of people told me I had an amazing speech. And I said, I need everybody, you know, I said, I think uh, I think I did everybody kind of a favor here just by uh, how much, you know, we busted our tails. I just need a small favor from everybody else just to get out your cell phones because it's a dream match that's been clamoring on the internet for the past six weeks. And then I said, it's a match that everybody wants and I'm going to call these people out right now. And I basically called the Rock and Roll Express out and said, any day, you know, 2020, Anywhere that wants to book that match, uh, 
you know, there it is right there. So I know it's still getting a lot of steam, and it's, a, it's shoot, legit, a match that I know that I want, and I know it's definitely a match that you want, partner. No, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's just a... Do anything with the Rock and Roll Express would be like, even if I was just like, I come to take one move and leave. Like, that's just, that's just so cool. So, yeah, a whole match. I'm all for it. And they're the current NWA Tag Team Champions. They're just on AEW, and I'm sure they'll do more with AEW. So, yeah, how awesome would that be? <laughs> so, we'll see what happens. I kind of figured what's the worst thing that happens is nobody books it. Yeah. That, know, yeah, yeah we did, we're not losing take, anything. Yeah, you kind of got to take your shot. So, we basically head off to the back kind of towel down make sure everybody's okay because it was a very it was a very hard hit match there was a lot of uh strikes thrown my way there was a spot there was some spots where i told brad i, I want you kind of no selling these ground kicks i'm doing and i was doing very nakajima-esque where he's basically on his knees and i'm kicking him from the front kicking from the back and i, I was like i, was like, I want you kind of like joker like laughing them off and i hit him with like a second or third kick and he just went down i was like oh man i yeah. really laid that body <laughs> in there so, all in all, though, partner, I gotta say, those are probably, might even been our three best tag matches, and they uh, pretty much almost happened all all in one night. I mean, maybe you could throw some stuff in there with the stepdads, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed every one of those matches. Oh, yeah, me too. It was, it was a great night, and the crowd seemed to like it, and we sold some shirts, so I know uh, Jim, the, the owner of Back Raiders, was very happy with it, So and then you can watch it on independent wrestling TV, right? Or, or fight, 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 rather. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, he's on fight. Uh, True yeah. True is on independent TV. So, yeah, so it's on Fight Network. I, I don't know when it will be uploaded, if it is uploaded yet. Just search for Rackbreakers if you're on Fight TV. Yeah, so, um, and then basically just kind of just round up the story. So we go out and sell some merch, and uh, we did very well there. We had three hot matches, so we sold the bulk of our merchandise there. At this point, I'm just, I'm mentally exhausted. So then you basically said, hey, we got to work on your shirts. Here's the money for the new shirts. Here's your cut. Here's my cut. And I was like, oh. So not only do we did we make good money between us, we have more money for new shirts. And uh, you went and ordered them, and then, like you said, yeah, they came earlier today. So yeah, so, uh, we have them, know, and we sold enough to order more. So we're making money. So and we have more to sell. So you want one? We still have some mineral black ones left. That's the faded, rusted black. We have regular black, and we have blue now. So you know, blue and gold. Why not get a blue one? So if you want any of those shirts, we have all different sizes, from small to three X, whatever. You may need just uh, get a hold of one of us, and we'll get your shirt. Or come to the show and buy it there. We'll have them at True. We'll have them at RCW this weekend. We'll have them from here on out. <laughs> yeah. So it seems, uh, and there's a couple other designs that are kind of in the can are in the works. So we'll uh, we'll cross the bridge when it comes. But all in all, good night. Uh, afterwards, they do the bar. They'll be right next door. So I figured I'll have a beer or two. And as I was there, fans were filtering in, wearing our shirts, shaking hands, taking pictures, and just telling what a great job we did. And then uh, Daniel Fuego and uh, came over to me. That was probably the best match he's ever had. So oh, I was cool. like, oh man, I completely forgot. I literally said, Are you guys okay? We'll talk later. <laughs> and then I completely forgot. You know, I, I pride myself on checking in with, especially when I'm wrestling here, guys, make sure they're okay and to see if they like the match. And then, uh, you know, basically to kind of give pointers. Obviously, we did not have any time. No, not really. <laughs> guys. So all in all, that was, a, that was a great night there, sir. Yeah, yeah. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. So we didn't win, but hey, there's always next time. Sometimes you win when you lose, like Bret Hart said. Well, we won two, so. lost one, so that's... Yeah, you win a winning record. <laughs> yeah. And there will be a rematch somewhere down the line. All right, sir. Well, like I said, we really... I mean, we always plug our stuff. We rarely talk about our stuff, but I think that kind of needed its own little special spotlight just because I think it was, a, it was a, definitely a, a big night for us and a big night for independent wrestling. I think it's 
we kind of moved uh, tag team wrestling in Pennsylvania forward. So um, I think we, you know, I don't like to pat myself on the back too much. Or, like Roddy Piper said, oh, people always say don't toot your own horn. He said, well, who better know the tune? Yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think we kind of just need to uh, kind of just talk about that, just put over just the whole the whole thing, and just to say thank you for all the fans that put the support for not only for the, the I know you shipped out a couple shirts, I got a mm-hmm. couple people that are waiting on shirts as well. So we appreciate the uh, the support and the continued support. Yeah, if you want a shirt, we'll we'll get one to you. Oh, you know what, my buddy. So I'm sitting at the bar, and my buddy Mike and his girlfriend Gussie, who they went with us to WrestleMania weekend. Okay, so, yeah, yeah. They came to the show. They usually, if they have nothing to do, they usually come out for support. And they enjoy themselves, but they're big fans of NXT so and New Japan. So they know good wrestling. Well, I'm sitting there afterwards, and I just pull open my phone, and the two of them both uh, separately sent me private messages on my Facebook account. Oh, we had a great time. That was terrific. You got blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, hey, I really appreciate the support. And then Mike, who I, I've known for a long time, like I said, he's wrestling, and he likes the pure, the, the good the good wrestling. He knows the good stuff. He knows the good stuff that Ring of Honor and, and NXT and New Japan, like mm-hmm. I said before. But he said, no. He was like, that, you guys are worth the price of mission load. Every one wow. of your matches is great. He's like, I've only, he goes, outside of tonight, I've only seen you guys wrestle once or twice. He's like, so now I'm up to like five or six. He goes, you guys are completely different than every tag team that I like to watch. So I was like, wow. I was like, that's a compliment. Just like I said, this guy knows his stuff. So I was like, that's cool that, that we stand out. You know, to the undisputed errors, to the show and yos, to the grills, destiny, to the Briscoes, like you know, some of that that has an eye on good wrestling that we, you know, we stand out, we stand out compared to uh, you know the stuff that he really likes to watch. So yeah. he will, he he will. We basically told the promoter, he told Jim as he was leaving, he's like, "You go blue and gold, you'll be on every show." <laughs> yeah, wow, nice. And and it's not too far from the travel too. No, for him it's only like ten minutes. Yeah, that's he awesome. And I think all four your scrant. Yeah, yeah. The Mayfield is only what ten minutes from Scranton, if that. Yeah, not too far. Yeah, not too far. But uh, anything else you want to uh, say before to, before we put a, a bow on this, sir? No, no. That's that's about it for our our weekend of backriggers and my time in ACW. Fun time. Absolutely. All right. So, well, you, where do you want to go next? You want to talk about any comic book stuff? You want to talk about NWA Power? You want to talk about? Crown Jewel, Wednesday Night Wars. Where do you want to go? Well, I, I didn't watch Crown Jewel. I didn't know what happened. But uh, the, we're just going to jump right in and then we'll get to some comic book stuff. Uh, the Fiend won the world title. Well, the Universal title, I should say. So that's kind of surprising. Um, other than that, I know the Brock and Kane match was really short and Brock won. I did see that whole match. Yeah. Basically, it, it was basically like an MMA match. Mm-hmm. Kane's been doing like a lot of lucha. So. It was like they basically were kind of going back and forth, and then Kane hit him with an overhand right, and he got on top and tried to ground and pound. Then Brock caught him in a corner. So I think like two minutes and six seconds, all which Brock did like next to nothing. No so boy. I don't know if they were trying to protect uh, Kane's knee because like he is he hurt his knee while he was training in AAA. But I know a lot of people are crapping on him. Like you know, for a two minute match, like sometimes they made it like an MMA match, and sometimes that's what happens. Sometimes you just kind of get, get caught. And then you encountered something. So I had no problem with that. I wasn't expecting an Okada Omega. Yeah, that, that's one where, yeah, come on. I mean, he, Kane's not very uh, deep into his wrestling. I think he's only had a handful of matches. So, yeah, I wasn't expecting much from that either. The, the whole pay-per-view, I was actually at work for most of the pay-per-view. So I was kind of like, yeah, I wasn't really that interested. Anyway, there was the first women's match over there. Uh, Lacey versus Natty. So that's cool. They finally did. They were very covered up. They had, like, full... Body suits on and big T-shirts because of the the backwards nature of Saudi Arabia. 
So there was that. And uh, what was the, the um, Braun, I think, lost to, uh, what's his name, Tyson Fury, which... I don't know. I don't think that was worth $15 million, but I guess the WWE has some money to throw around. Even though they did say they have a... They're way down from last year in their quarterly, quarterly earnings. So maybe they won't be paying $15 million for a boxer to do guess what again. But uh, yeah, I heard the show was... It was alright, but if, if you missed it, you didn't miss much, except for the the title switch at the end. Yeah, now did you... Uh... Uh, did you see like the, a GIF or anything online? I literally watched the Brock Lesnar match. It was posted on Twitter two months long, so that's yeah. why I, I watched that. Did you see? Now, from what I understand, the match was in that horrible, annoying red. No, uh, no, I didn't. I didn't know that. I, I seen and I heard. Uh, apparently, they do like some type of basically the the horror move ending where they're both up on the top of the ramp and uh, Seth give, he gave the the curb stomp again to the fiend. Like eight times, which like, oh, way to kill your finisher. Like I, I love the Rainmaker. I don't want to see Okada do it eight times in a row. Uh, then the Fiend falls in some type of dumpster or something like that, and then uh, Seth's going to jump in, but then he pops out behind him in another one or something, and then uh, Mandible Claw, Sister Abigail, and that's all she wrote. So I don't know. I didn't hear that was. I didn't hear it was horrible, but it doesn't sound very good. But they got they got to get rid of that red light. And and the Fiend is uh he's on SmackDown and now he's now Raw champion so what are they gonna do there is he just stay on Raw to lose the title do they do they make a trade for him because if you remember they did that stupid thing where Raw traded Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross back to SmackDown for future consideration I'm like oh god so <laughs> is that the trade the Fiend for those two I mean I I don't know who knows it's gonna be interesting on SmackDown time from what I understand they were stuck in Saudi Arabia for a little bit and yeah the time difference so there's now, the WWE just tweeted out maybe about an hour before we started recording, saying the show is still going to go on. Obviously, I mean, it's a live show and things are paid for, and they said there's going to be some some surprises. So I'm assuming you'll probably see guys that weren't on the show. Like, obviously, Daniel Bryan's a SmackDown guy. Yeah, Sami Zayn. go to Saudi Arabia. Kevin Owens. So yeah, I mean, maybe we'll get, like, a, uh, a Sami Zayn for, versus Daniel Bryan, like, 40-minute match or yeah, something. Yeah, hey, all you need is 10 guys, and plus all the women. Aside from Lacey and uh, Natty, they have all the yeah. women. So, hey, have two women's matches. Make one a, a maybe a six-woman tag. That could take up ten minutes. They don't want to take up ten minutes. Just, you only really need 10, 15 people, and you could do a two-hour show. I mean, you might not have the star power, yeah. But, hey, you have two 20-minute matches. You don't even need backstage stuff. I know they're, they're hell on that. And if they had to, I'm sure they could fly some NXT. Like, oh, we're going to have a special NXT match. Blah, blah, blah. And, hey, with the entrances, you do a six-man tag. That could get you 25 minutes to half an hour. Andy Heather will now be booking yeah, SmackDown yeah. Live tonight. I'm going to call up uh, Brother Love, Bruce Pritchard, and tell him what I think should happen. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, I, I did hear that that Mansoor guy who won some sort of battle royale at the last round jewel. Yeah. Uh, him, he wrestled Claudio, and they said it was excellent. Yeah, they said it was very good. I would I would say that's all because of Claudio. So they dusted him off for his, his, his one-year appearance in uh, the Saudi shows. So who knows what's going on? But yeah, they said that the people that are stuck there. They said Vince and a couple of people got out, and who knows why they're stuck? There's a uh, different reports on why they're still there, but uh, it's a 14-hour flight from Saudi Arabia back to the states, and they had at the time that the, the news articles posted there were 17 hours of SmackDown. So even if they did make it in 14 hours, they have three hours to land wherever they are and get to SmackDown and not be completely exhausted. Like, oh, I would not want to be any of them people. Yeah. I think basically Vince says whoever we have, let's just you know. Yeah, use even if the raw guys. And, and just say, hey, everybody go home. Yeah, even everybody yeah. Go home. And even if you have to, I mean, you have all the women available, so if you have to have three or four women's matches, the hell, even if it's an all women's show, I'm okay, I'm cool with that. But uh, yeah, 
it sucks that happened, but it's kind of interesting to see what they'll do. Maybe they'll spike yeah. the ratings. I know the ratings were down last week because uh, SmackDown got moved to uh, so some yeah some different network. Yeah. But and then AEW actually got higher rating than that, so good for AEW. But I mean, recently I've been I've been having trouble watching Raw and SmackDown. I just think they're so just terrible, and it's not because of the talent; it's because of the writing and the booking. I mean, it's definitely not the talent. It's just like, oh, I can't sit through this. So I don't know. We'll see. Well, sweet, AEW, that's a segue. Wednesday Night Wars, did you watch both shows? I know you watched AEW. I watched AEW, but I, I did not watch NXT. I seen some bits and pieces. I know what happened, but I did not get to watch it yet. Usually I watch AEW first, because like I said, I have to watch it through unsavory means, because I do not have cable. I'm not going to pay $80 a month to watch two hours of television. So, and I, But I did hear that, the, that they say on the, the TNT app that you can watch it, they say live or you know on demand, but I think you need... To log into the TNT app, you need a, a cable subscription. I'm like, well, why would I ever log into the TNT app if I had a cable subscription? I don't know. Anyway, uh, I watch AEW live because I can always watch NXT on the network 24 hours later. So I didn't get to watch NXT though yet. So what did you think of AEW? I thought I thought the first hour was good. The second hour was great. Uh, the, the second hour was just like nonstop. The first hour, the, the women's match maybe went a little long. They had that new girl, uh, Shauna. From apparently she wrestled in, in Stardom stuff. Never seen her before, but she was good. And she wrestled Hikaru Shida. Match was a little long, and that Hikaru Shida, she's good, but she's not getting over and not really connecting with how they want her to. Because I know they want her to be like one of the big stars of the women's division, and then uh, they kind of went with Riho instead. But even I, I like the Yuka Sakazaki more when she got over, and they haven't used her. They used her twice, so it was a good match, but it wasn't wasn't a great match. But the opening match, uh, who was it? Hangman and. Uh, Nobody wrestled. Sammy. Sammy said that, that was really good, I thought. Especially for an open match. Yeah, and then Sammy, or uh, Hangman beat him with the, the Buckshot Larry. So he's an as a finish, too, rather than a setup. And then he cut a good promo with his new t shirt line. So, uh, you know, a little. He gets They get that one S word to say during the show, and he said it. So, put on Hangman. And the crowd was chanting for it. So, yeah. You know, maybe the all of the spirit of Chris Jericho. Speaking of which, so I. No, I did not watch any of this on Wednesday. So Thursday is my uh, workout from home, DVPY slash Scotch Bible. So it takes me about an hour. So I can probably, I can probably, let's fast forward the first, like get through like the first, maybe 60% of it, and the girls go off to work, and then I get ready for work, and I kind of just sit on the couch and basically watch the rest of it. So what happened was, uh, Lily's a big fan of Chris Jericho. She loves Fozzie. She thinks he's hilarious. Loves, gets the whole bubbly thing. So... She just sits down to eat, and they're doing the contract sign. And I go, Lily, I know you're eating, but you need to get up and look at the TV now. I said, just, I, I can't explain it. So I go, look at that shirt. She goes, is that Chris Jericho? She goes, what kind of shirt is that? He's wearing that button-down yeah. purple pumpkin shirt for Halloween. I was like, that's hilarious. Yeah, it was so ugly. Apparently, it was a Saturday Night Live David S. Pumpkin character. And it was, it's kind of like that. But yeah, it was it was an outrageous shirt. But, you know, that's the main reason he wore it. Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was hilarious. Uh, you know, just good on good on Jericho, good good stuff there. But yeah, AEW all in all was a good show, and you literally had you know we had the six man tag match where it was Kenny the Box versus uh, uh, Kip Sabian and Helico and Jack Evans. Yeah, the, now, now the hybrid two they're called, and they're doing all these spots. You know, it's going you're, they're going to do. And there's some guy like maybe about seven rows up. On the left hand side, that had a sign that says "grab a hole." Yeah, I all seen I that. Think, that's all I can see. Grab a hole, brother. 
was like, that's obviously not going to happen. So then you get to the main event, and I was like, I think they're going to grab holds in this match because you don't want it to be exactly the same as the six-man. And it's like, man, their Pepe got hit like that pump handle uh, pile driver like 90 seconds in. I'm like, oh, this is where we're going. Yeah. So, of course, they're doing all the crazy stuff, and then they hit the small package for the finisher. And I was sitting there for a couple of seconds, and I was like, that's brilliant. You literally had the six-man tag match where, like, it was crazy spots. Well, you know, I mean, that, that was great. Obviously, Kenny and the Bucks work well together, and Sabian uh, and Helico and Jack Evans are great. And then this, this match is great, and I'm like, that's just brilliant. Like, you have this tag tournament, you have this company that's, you know, uh, you're known for, oh, they did too many damn high spots, and you finish your tag tournament and your main event. I'm glad it was the main event. This was WWE. The main event segment would have been Jericho and Cody contract. Yeah. So... I was glad that was the main event, and it ends with a small package. I thought that was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it kind of got the whole crowd, too, because it kind of happens. like, one, two, three, wait, what? <laughs> so it's kind of out of out of nowhere, I guess you could say. Yeah, I liked it. And uh, right before that, too, Moxley cut a hot promo, too. Finally let him cut a promo on TV, which, why not? I mean, he's really good. So, yeah, it was. I thought the last hour was just on fire. So AW, really, every, every week, I, I enjoy it. And then SCU wins the tag titles. I like right before they go off the air, the air Tony Schiavone is losing his voice because he's doing all the backstage stuff with Cody and I guess probably announced whatever he announced. The last thing you hear is him going, SCU! And I was like, that's funny. Yeah, and I think another thing that got people off surprise was that the Lucha Brothers didn't win the tournament. I mean, everyone thought it was going to be the Bucks and the Lucha Brothers. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, well, you know, I think they're going to do with the Bucks what they're doing with Kenny where they're just going to chase and they'll eventually get it on probably some big show. So it's like, guys, oh, it's going to be the Lucha Brothers because they were both in the left-hand uh, bracket. So I was like, oh, I think it's going to be Lucha Brothers and SCU. And I even think I said on last week's podcast that Lucha Brothers are going to win and then at full gear that it's going to be Daniels and Kazarian because that's the normal tag team. Yeah. So, but then, no, it's uh, completely caught me off shock, you know, pleasantly surprised. And I wonder what they're going to do with Daniels now. I wonder if they're going to do, like, the Freebird rule where yeah, they can what, defend the belt as well. Yeah, they did like, that in Ring of Honor, so I wonder if they're going to yeah, they might, and what the New Day has done for their bicycle run. So maybe they'll do that. Maybe he'll just be like the, the manager. Who knows? I mean, he's, obviously he's still going to wrestle here and there. And the, But I was surprised what they did with the Rock and Roll Express. I thought they would actually... I thought the angle would happen after the end of the match, but I guess they didn't want to go to the uh, end of the show Take like that. Way. Yeah, so the Rock and Roll Express come out halfway through, and then they get beat up by the former LAX, now proud and powerful, and they power bomb Ricky Morton through a, a box off to the side of the stage or anything, which that has to set something up, right? That can't just be that, and that's it. I'm hoping, I mean, they're still working. I'm hoping you know, they bring him in to, you know, especially if they're going to do it in Memphis or somewhere in the Crockett territory. Yeah. I mean, you know, I. Crockett territory. And obviously, not this pay per view. Unless they do a run and the rock and roll runs in on uh, Young Bucks and Proud and Powerful at the pay per view. And that's in Baltimore, which is Great American Bash. Yeah. So. On the Great American Bash. So. Yeah. And they, they did a lot of uh, Clash of Champions in Baltimore and everything, so I, I could see it. I would, I would assume that the Rock and Roll Express are not done in AEW. No, I mean they got a ginormous pop yeah. when it came out. I mean they are. The, I don't know if you guys noticed this. We enjoy the rock and roll. Yeah, we think they're a okay. So yeah, I'll, I'll kind of just hit the high points on NXT. There was a really good match with Tyler Bate versus uh, Cameron Grimes, the former Trevor Lee. That was really really good. Uh, the women's tag title match got a lot of time. It was really, a very old school, slow plotting match. Like they, the the beginning was really hot. The middle, uh, obviously, Kare, uh, Kyrie and Asuka were playing the heels, and they weren't getting over his heels. They're getting welcomed back. It was basically like the okay, the first match. I'm, I'm all over the place. The first match was Eel Shirai versus Candice LeRae. I heard that Eel was very good. Out. 
Yeah, EO came out with that band Poppy, whatever. Yeah, I, I, my friend had sent me a video. I had absolutely no idea who that is. <laughs> no, but there, there was, I mean, so she comes in and they're pretty shanty EO. And it's just like, yeah, I know they're trying to get her over as a heel, but it's not working because she's so good. Yeah. Candace comes out by no means just she was basically a baby face versus baby face match. Anything like that EO did that was even remotely cheap, they just they just cheered. Yeah. So the yeah, so the finish of the match was in and you knew EO was gonna go over. I think the finish match was smart. Chair gets introduced to the ring, Candace goes for a moonsault, misses hits the chair and EO pins her. So EO never used the chair. So I mean if you want to get heat on her, you could have had her blindside and hit the, you know, use the chair there, but so then, you know, then like I said, Asuka and Kyrie come out, and Kyrie has a new look. She gets like face paint on, and she comes out with this dark umbrella. So yeah, I like, seen that. You know, when, they, when they turned them heels, it's like okay, I can see maybe what they're trying to. They can maybe try to get Asuka over as a heel, but Kyrie just like so damn adorable. Yeah. Like how you get her over? And she basically is in like all black and like this weird face paint. But again, you know, Kyrie and Asuka, it's NXT. They were so over when they were there, so yeah. they come out, welcome back, Chance Tegan and uh, Dakota. They got big pops as well. So again, it was like not meant to be but it was a baby face versus baby face almost style match so uh, like I said I think I want to say this thing went about 15-60 minutes I mean they got a lot of time there was a long long heat spot oh, wow. but, uh, and I won't ruin the finish for you I'm sure you know who wins but when you get a chance definitely go and watch that match uh, then there was uh, the main event and then obviously they announced War Games that turned into uh, thing for War Games and you know who's going to do you know who's going to be in that yeah, yeah, but they don't. They don't have the. If they do five women, so the bad guys would be. Well, they would actually. Yeah, they announced the first women's war games, and they started to do men's too. So the bad guys on the the women's one would be Shayna, Jessamine, and Marina, and Bianca Belair and Io Shirai versus uh, what Tegan Knox, Dakota Kai, Candice LeRae. And Rhea Ripley, yeah, Rhea, and then it's supposedly gonna be Mia Yim. Oh, okay. That, yeah, I heard she was rumored to that. I was, I was trying to think like who else would they really get? Unless, the, unless it's Tony Storm. I, I can't really see anybody else getting that match. But you never know. But I can see Mia Yim getting in there. No, and then I took me about two days to get to NXT. I think I finished it. No, I finished. It, I think Thursday night. Yeah, I finished it last night. So I heard there was a war. Now they they the. Everything I was reading on social media was after the women's tag title match, a War Games match was announced. So I was assuming they were doing, they were going to do Kyrie, Io, and Asuka on one team. I'm like, man, yeah. that's going to be great. I don't even know who else is in the match, and I don't even care. Yeah. And I find out that they're not in there at all. I'm like, oh, yeah, all right, you know. But no, Regal, they basically have a big pull apart, and Regal comes up on the little stage, and he's like, there's only, and I, Regal is perfect. He's like, there's only one way. For you guys to settle this, and everybody should understand war games that he waits and yeah. waits and waits and waits, and then he doesn't that Brit that you know he took it back yeah. to the old like war games. W, yeah, that WCW, and he'd be pissed off about something war games and that British accent, and because he gets a huge pop, so yeah, that's and uh, it's the first women's war games. So I'm looking forward to that. Now, do you think they yeah. should only do one war games match? Do you think it takes away if they have both a women's and a men's on the same takeover? I would assume. Well, now because. The way that the show ended, the show ended, the main event was Fish and O'Reilly, uh, you know, Undisputed Era, Red Dragon versus Matt Riddle and Keith Lee. And originally, Donovan Jack said he wanted to be in the tag match. He's like, no, I can't trust you because of our history. So he picked Matt Riddle. So it's just like, all right, so they're obviously pushing Jack for a push. So, of course, the match was great. I think that this was probably the best match between the two shows. I mm. think this match is better than the SCU uh, uh, the, the Brothers, yeah. match. But... So the match finishes out with obviously interference, and then Champa comes out, waylays everybody, 
you know, Riddle and Keith Lee, they make their fiery comeback. Uh, Adam Cole, everybody bails with their belts except for Adam Cole. He leaves his belt in the ring. And then Champa's looking at the belt and everybody's chanting yeah. Goldie. And then he grabs the microphone and he says, Goldie, you just, you just have to wait because Daddy's going to war. So no. I'm like, what if they're going to do two war games match? Yeah, I guess. It seems like they're doing that. I, th- I think they're maybe one. I think one would be enough. Like, you just do the women's match and kind of give that spotlight more. Because if you have two, it kind of takes away. And then what, you do one war games right off the bat and then have the you know all the other shows or the matches and one to finish it? I, I don't know. And then if you do put all those guys in the war games, I guess you can't defend no titles then, right? Because all the guys are in the war games. Yeah, the way if they already do a second war game, there's only be four and four. The way that I see it would be the Undisputed Era versus Riddle, Lee, Champa, and Dijak, and then I'm I mean I'm assuming they're going to do Balor versus Gargano. Yeah, because I mean if you put them in the war games too, who are you going to have for like that or two matches or three matches? Well, then here's the thing: that's the day before. Uh, Survivor Series, and they announced that Crown Jewel is going to be Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT. Yeah. So it wouldn't make sense. It's like, okay, Adam Cole's in this War Games match, and then he's wrestling Brock Lesnar the next day. So it's just like, it's like you know, that, you know, how yeah. much sense does that I, make? I wonder sense? how they're going to do that with the three in there now. Like, I'm kind of. Want Survivor Series to be different because I mean they just split the roster now. They're like, oh, you got totally different rosters. These guys will never wrestle each other. And then a month later, oh, they're wrestling each other. So I don't know. I, I mean, it's cool they're putting NXT in there, but I don't. I want. I'm curious to see how it works out, but I'm not really too big on seeing guys wrestle each other when they just split the roster. No, I mean the last few years they were doing champion versus champion. I don't want to see Lesnar versus Wyatt versus Cole. No. However, I do would want. I would want to see AJ versus Nakamura versus Roderick Strong. Yeah, that, that yeah, I, I'd like to see that too. Yeah. And then, and then for the tag belts, it would be Red Dragon versus. Oh God! I don't even know who the tag is. It is it is the revival that's still the tag champs? No, War, War Machine is on Raw. I don't know who is on SmackDown. I have no idea. <laughs> is it uh? Is it Heavy Machinery? Because I think they beat the uh, the New Day. No, wait. New Day lost to Revival. Yeah, Revival on SmackDown. And I think they lost to Heavy Machinery. I, I have no idea. Well, <laughs> just shows you how out of it. Yeah, it's terrible. I'm going to go to you WWE. So much wrestling to watch. Yeah. You know, it's important. We always say there's so much wrestling to watch, so much good wrestling. It seems like the thing that gets the boot from us is Ron SmackDown. Yeah, you know, because... It's sad. Yeah. You know, it really is. I mean, they're, they're the biggest, but not necessarily the best. Like, I think, hey, if I got two hours to watch wrestling, am I going to put it towards SmackDown or am I going to watch uh, AWNXT? Am I going to watch them? I'm going to watch the NWA, you know? So. Or, good segue, Sam's so getting ready to segue. Or, are you going to watch NWA Power? Yeah, which I, I did watch, and it was... Another good episode. This one was a lot of matches. They had the first match was uh, Notorious Inc. versus um, was it Wild? No, the Dawsons and Anything Goes match. So in that studio, they were hitting each other with chairs and everything. Eddie Kingston obviously in Homicide Notorious Inc. And I, I forget how the the finish was for that. I, I'm pretty sure that the Dawsons won somehow by cheating. Oh no 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 no. The uh, Wild Wild Card came out, which is uh, the tag team champions, Tom Latimer and Royce. Royce Isaacs, I think his name is, something like that. They came out and uh, first they knocked uh, one of the um, Dawson's off the top rope, and then they hit Homicide with something, put with the Dawson's on top of the Homicide. So like, why did they help the Dawson's win? And so obviously they're setting up a big three-way tag title match. Maybe at the pay-per-view, which is no next month. Remember? Yeah, no, no, this month I should say November. I forget when it is, but I kind of want to watch the NBA pay-per-view. It'll be on Fight TV. So there was that match. It was in our girls' match. Uh, Ashley Vox versus Marty Bell. Ashley Vox won that one. And then Allison Kay's out watching because she said they both lost. She beat them both. Now they deserve a title shot. 
So who knows if they do actually Vox for Allison K for the women's title. Then there was another. Uh, they built it up all all the show. It was like a three way. That was gonna be the main event. So it was um, if James Storm. It was, they had a promo right in the beginning. James Storm wants a, a world title shot because he's the national champion. They're doing the old WCW NWA thing where you have the secondary title. You're the number one contender to the world title. So. He said he wants a shot with Nick Aldis, and Nick Aldis is like, "All right, you, if your team can win, because he said if you get you get two guys, I'll get two guys. If your team can win, I'll give you a shot at the world title. But the rule is you have to relinquish the national title to get the world title shot. And then if uh, Aldis's team won, because Colcabano's standing there with him, he said that if his team wins, Colcabano gets a shot at the national title. So, and then uh, their guy on the, Aldis's team was Mr. Kennedy." And then on uh, James Storm's team, it was uh, it was that the, the tag team champions, the wild cards. So, um, with James Storm's team lost, so he does not get his world title shot. But then he doesn't get rid of his national title. But Coco Bear versus James Storm for the national title, which will probably be at the pay per view. So all in all, it was a it was a good episode of NWA Power. And again, it, it flies by. They have the promos. Oh yeah, there was um, the former Damon Sandow, now Aaron Stevens. He wrestled uh, what's his name. Oh, the young Ricky Starks. So they had a promo where uh, David Sandow comes out and he's talking about his movie again, telling the crowd, don't make eye contact and just shut up and everything. And Ricky Starks has come out says one thing and slaps when they have a match. Ricky Starks wins. So kind of David Sandow's doing his uh, goofball heel gimmick. So it, it, was, it was entertaining. But it was a very action-packed hour of NBA Power and Rhymes there. So I don't know. Another, another one of the shows, like if you're not watching NBA Power, you're, you're missing out because it's, it's great wrestling action. It's quick. It's only an hour. It flies by. Maybe I'll watch that tonight. Maybe yeah. since I'll be here. Maybe I'll, I, my buddy Alex, he keeps asking me. He's like, he's like, oh, I know. Hey, Andy's watching you. This for the podcast. How about you? I watched the first half hour of the first show. I loved it. I just don't, just don't have the time. Yeah, yeah. If you get a chance, it's all on YouTube. Watch it whenever you want. Obviously, the new episode is every Tuesday at six oh five. But yeah, it's up to watch whenever. And it's on Facebook too. I think it's on the NWA Facebook. Definitely give it a uh, try. So speaking of the NWA, the former uh, NWA TNA. Impact, not just Impact Wrestling, had their first show on Access TV, which also covers women in wrestling and New Japan Pro Wrestling. So I thought this was taped live, it wasn't. I believe it was taped a couple days earlier because I had the main event spoiled. Oh, okay. So basically, I'll just kind of just run through it real quick. They're, it looks like they're building up, uh, they're making Rich Swan and Willie Mack attack team. They're building them up, and they, they look really, really good. So uh, that that's cool on them. Obviously, the North, or the first, actually, the first match was Mayor Fuji. Versus uh, Josh Alexander, who's uh, he's with you know one half of the tag champs with the North with uh, all Eagle Ethan Page, who did okay. lose to our buddy Clay Drasher last month. That's yeah, wrestling. I love that. So, so that was cool. Like you know, good way to start. You know, bringing in one of my one of my all time faves, Marafuji. That was it. Was, that was fun. Marafuji gets the win with a uh, bunch of knee shots, a super kick, and a knee Shiranui, uh, size bed number two. Um, like I said, uh, they're doing a good. Looks like they're building up. Uh, Willie Mack and Rich Swan is a tag team, which I have no problem with that. So it looks like that's going to be a potential match with the North versus Swan and Mack. Mm. And then um, the match I was looking forward to was Ace Austin and Eddie Edwards, and but it was a street fight. And I was like, oh, as much as I like street fights, I would like to see these guys in a normal match. It seems like Eddie Edwards, since he came back from his uh, that eye injury, had to Sammy Callahan is more of a hardcore wrestler. Kind of want to see him. I think it's kind of run its course. I want to see him go back to traditional wrestling. However, the match was really, really good. There's a lot of really cool spots. Uh, Ace, awesome. His, his finisher is the thing he calls the fold, where it's basically, instead of the, uh, he does like a Canadian destroyer, but it's like the pile driver who does a DDT. Okay, I think, yeah. Um, 
I think Osprey calls it the Access Destroyer. So he runs and he grabs your head and he bases with a front flip with it. Mm -hmm. So he goes to do it to Eddie Edwards and Eddie throws a garbage can and Ace goes right into the garbage can. <laughs> so he so he in midair he gets caught in the garbage can and goes down. And I got like a huge pop. I thought that was really cool. But the finish was Ace hits the fold that flipping DDT off the top rope through a table. Oh wow. So and they're basically making Ace Austin out to be an adult film star. Oh. Basically, yeah, they basically show him like as he's filming these these, these segments. And then they basically show him afterwards. He's trying to uh, get with Eddie Edwards' wife, uh, Alicia Edwards, who is a wrestler on Impact. And she basically says, well, me and Eddie are complicated. We're going through some things. Because when Eddie, like, snapped and he had to go in the nut house when he started doing the hardcore things. And that's when, like, Raven was, like, the psychologist. Okay, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this was going back maybe about a year or so ago. So it's just like, oh, she's like, he's like, come on, we'll have dinner, we'll have dinner. So... I guess next week on Impact that Ace and Alicia Edwards are going to have dinner. But it's just cool seeing, like, here's a guy that you've known for, you know, since he broke into the business. He hasn't been in the business that long. Like, shoot up the, the ladder so far so quick and it's just doing absolute awesome. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. I'd like to watch Impact, but man, it's like, to add that, that to my plate, it's like, oh, you could literally watch wrestling every night and be busy every night. It's, yeah, it's great. And yeah. it's always, it's always all great stuff. It's so unfortunate Ron SmackDown are kind of get the, the shebang. Yeah. Group, uh, Man, if they were great too, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know what to do. I'd be picking and choosing matches at that point. <laughs> it's, it's almost a blessing that it's just like middle of the road stuff. Yeah, because you know? then it's like, like I don't yeah, have to watch I'm, it. I'm, yeah. I won't fit that in. So, um, and, and I just looked at the Revival or the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, and uh, War Machine is the up. Raw Tag Team Champions. So, who was it? Two champs on Raw? Uh, War Machine. Okay. So I, I wouldn't mind seeing a three-way dance. Yeah, you know, they do that. I mean, who knows what they're going to do? Are, are they going to do, oh, NXT is going to wrestle SmackDown for this match and Raw for the next match? Yeah, who knows? Well, if you think about it, you have three former NXT tag champs. You have two former Ring of Honor tag champs at Red Dragon and War Machine. You have multiple-time New Japan junior champs in Red Dragon and multiple-time New Japan heavyweight champs. So it's like, man, that's a three-way match I wouldn't mind seeing that Survivor Series. Yeah. Definitely. If they, if they do that one. But anyway, so then the main event was Sammy Callahan and Brian Cage inside of a steel cage. And when I got the results, or like it just happened to be all over social media, well, they, I think it was Friday or it was Saturday or Sunday that the, that, that, that it leaked. So I'm like, oh, they must have just taped a couple days earlier. And I was like, well, I can't believe they went with that decision. I kind of figured, okay, Brian Cage wins the match at Bound for Glory, like their WrestleMania. Basically hits his finish on a bunch of packs. So you figure that's the end of the feud. Mm -hmm. Then the Callahan does that thing where he basically, and I talked about it last week on the podcast, where he says, if you don't, you got to give me a rematch inside of Steel Cage, the first ever Impact show on Axis TV. I'm like, okay, well, that makes sense. You're rematching your big pay per view match. You know, your big, uh, you know, Bound for Glory is their WrestleMania, their Super Bowl. You're going to rematch it on the first show inside of a Steel Cage. Okay, and that'll be the blow off. Well, then, you know, I read that Sammy Callahan wins the belt. And I was like, what? wait, what? Hang on. I'm like, okay, I, I get it. I, I mean, I get, kind of get it from that standpoint because Sammy Callahan is a phenomenal wrestler. He's a phenomenal promo. He's a phenomenal character. He, you know, he's one of the best overall packages that Impact has. So, yeah, okay, you know, maybe they'll have to chase him from there. But then the finish of the match is he hits like four or five pile drivers in a row. The cage kicks out. They go back and forth, season finishes. And then the finish of the match was... Callahan hits a top rope pile driver, um, like a the cactus style pile driver. That was the finish. Oh, so Callahan, yeah. So it's like, oh man. And I, I did hear that the finish of the match was a bunch of pile drivers. So I thought we, he basically hits one, cage kicks out. They go back and forth, and then Callahan hits like three, like hanging on, like pile driver hangs on, pile driver hangs on. But that was the finish. So I was like, so I kind of like knew what the finish of the match was. I didn't know. I thought it was there. So I'm like, oh, but however, what I didn't know was that happened at the very end. 
So the match gets over, is over, it's Callahan has, has hold of the belt, and then Tessa Blanchard comes out and gets in Callahan's face. So I was like, oh, they're gonna they're gonna go back to this, which I got no problem. Yeah. So it's like I wonder if they're gonna put the belt on Tessa or I think eventually. Yeah, they're just gonna do a, a another rematch that they did from Slam Anniversary because at Bound for Glory, Tessa Blanchard was had his, had her hands on the X Division belt, and then I think it was Jake Chris or Dave Chris basically came down and pushed Tessa off the ladder that helped uh, you know basically helped Ace Ace get the win. Yeah, so they, so she didn't win the X title, but she maybe she won the World title. So I I'm, I think they were trying to do this because remember they had that pay per view where they did the main event was uh, Sammy Callahan versus Tessa Blanchard before and yeah, Sammy won. Yeah. yeah, so I I would think Tessa and they said she's like the most over person, men or women in uh, Impact. I think she wins the belt eventually. Maybe not the next pay per view, but maybe the one after. Maybe that's a way to keep her under contract because she can go anywhere she wants. Yeah, yeah. When she when her contract's up, I know there was rumors last week about her contract being up, but apparently they were. Not true. So, but once she is, I'm sure she'll have offers from everywhere. So, yeah. Well, well no, another good show, and I they did announce some stuff. I forget what they're doing next week. I, I saw the graphics. I forget what it was. But obviously, I review. I'm really enjoying really enjoying Impact. Really enjoying the Wednesday Night Wars. Sounds like part of you're enjoying NWA Power. Yeah. Then I watch AEW Dark too, which always has some good matches. Oh, what was on that? Yeah, uh, well, they had the tag team that you didn't know you want, but once you see him, like, okay, I like this. Uh, Dustin Rhodes and Sunny Kiss. They took on who was it? QT Marshall and oh gee, uh, the um the, the library guy, what's his um Peter Avalon. Yeah, Peter Avalon. They took them on, and so they, they actually worked pretty well as a tag team. And the main event was Darby Allen versus Jimmy Havoc versus uh, drawing a blank here. I'm gonna get it. Um, Jack Evans in a three way match, oh. kind of like a hardcore match, and uh, Darby Allen went with the coffin drop with the chair off the top rope. So it was, and there was another match too. Uh, oh, there's a four way women's match that was actually pretty good for who was in it. It was Emmy Sakura, Penelope Ford, Sadie Gibbs, and Allie. And it went, it went about 15 minutes, maybe even a little bit longer. It was actually pretty good. Sadie Gibbs looks really good in that. And Penelope Ford's still a little green, but she looked good. And Emmy Sakura's real good because she's been wrestling for years. And uh, Allie didn't look bad in it either. And, and Jim Ross is like, my money's on the blonde. And Emmy Sakura won that one, so. And Alex Scott was like, you were wrong, JR. <laughs> How about that? Yeah, well, but speaking of JR, did you listen to his podcast this week? They they do, uh, him and Conrad did Royal Rumble 89. I'm sorry, Halloween Havoc 89. I, I don't think I listened this week, no. Because you, uh, I was going to text you this, and I figured this But I usually always do. Podcast. He was fired up last week. I know that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Red Ash JR, they're calling him. I think they even got a t-shirt out. Okay, so Halloween Havoc 89 is the first Halloween Havoc. Well, I guess one of the guest hosts or guest celebrities was Elvira. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, I know you're a huge Elvira fan. Has it been the same Elvira? Like yes. The same character? The same person? Yeah, the same okay. girl for uh, Cassandra Peterson. Okay. From what Jim Ross was saying, because Elvira was, you know, she was this, she thought she was a very smart businesswoman. However, she, I don't know if she'd be that smart, because she dated and she lived with Ole Anderson for X amount of years. So I was really? like, I don't know if you knew that. I don't... I, I never read that. I don't know if that's true or not. Or maybe that was, like, the gimmick for the show, to get get Ole over, be like, oh, he was slept with Elvira? I don't know. I've never heard that before. <laughs> yeah, how, how wild is that? Yeah, that's kind of crazy. <laughs> wow. And maybe. Yeah. Who knows? She was at... They had her for... I think it's like three or four Halloween Havoc she like did like promos for. So I just put it over because, you know, she's mistress of the dark Halloween. So, you know, why not get a liar to come and say, hey, watch WCW Halloween Havoc. Yeah, I don't know. That's why I heard that. And I'm going to bring that for the wow. podcast. I'm going so. to have to watch it. I know that. I tried to watch that one before the network and it always gave me problems. I, I'm sure they patched it, but like you can only walk, get to like the second match and it will lock up. 
it was uh, Doom versus somebody, and it, well, and I could never watch Halloween Havoc '89, but I have to go back and watch the whole thing. Yeah, like I said, it was just an okay show. I do remember the yeah. main event. I thought the main event. I haven't seen the main event in a long time. It was Thunderdome Electric Cage match. No. Which was funny because they kept putting over his electric cage, and everyone kept touching it. Yeah, except Muda. It was, Muda sells it. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was Funk and Muda versus uh, Flair and Sting, and with uh, Bruno San Martino as a special guest referee, and they basically get into how they got Bruno as a special guest referee. Yeah. He didn't want nothing to wrestling back then. So. Yeah, definitely during that time. So. But all right, my man, yeah, you want to switch to some, some comic talk? Yeah, might as well. So I didn't get my books yet. I'm actually going down in a few hours to get my books since we're finished this here. And uh, so I didn't get to read anything. I did I did catch up on some books. Uh, this one surprised me. You know that book, um, Betty and Veronica meet uh, Red Sonia and Vampirilla? That's an ongoing, apparently. Really? Yeah, because I, I got up to re- issue five or six, and then I just seen that seven was solicited. Whatever, I was like, okay, there's only be. When I read issue four, I'm like, well, five has to be. And then I got the end of five, I'm like, oh, there's a six? And now I just seen seven. So, like, either it's an ongoing or it's going to ten. It's written by Amy Chu. It is It is pretty good. I enjoy it. Because uh, of the whole, like, you know, thing that's like, you know, Vampire Red Sonia meet Betty and Veronica, just the clash of, uh, you know, everything there. But yeah, ongoing, I, I'm assuming, or it's going to at least issue ten, because what book ends at seven or eight, you know? Uh, so I was catching up on that, and I got caught up on uh, the the main Vampire Red Sonic book. That's very good, written by Jordi Belair. I think I think issue three might have came out, but I didn't pick it up yet. And then uh, I got a, a Kickstarter Painkiller Jane, written by Jimmy Palmati, and inside art and cover art by Amanda Connor. How about that inside art buyer? She hasn't done inside wow. art in forever, but it's uh they own the character, so obviously it's like their baby. She's basically like a Punisher that has a healing factor. I, re- I read half of it. It's really good. It's called the, uh, what is it called here? The Trust the Universe, Painkiller Jane. So, it's, uh, I gave to the Kickstarter. It's a nice hardcover. I think it was like, I don't know, 25 bucks, but it's pretty nice. It's a pretty thick trade. It actually has like three stories. Well, like the main story, and then there's like two other side stories. So that's why I read. I really didn't get my, didn't get the books yet. Just me catch up on stuff. But sometimes it's good to catch up because like it's easy to fall behind. That's why I'm so happy that DC books are going to twice a month. Or, or back to... Once a month from twice a month. Don't, don't month. say that, sir. Yeah. Don't say that. Yeah, they're going, going to once a month starting next year. But I've, I'm looking here and then I've seen one woman got pushed back by three weeks. I'm like, hmm. So that's just going to be it. We get one issue in December. Are they going to try to crank out the other one? I, I don't know because Wonder Woman 83 has a really nice cover. Uh, actually, there's two covers another one by Jenny Fryce and another one by Victor Calif- Calif- Kalvashev. No idea, but it looks awesome. Nailed it. You yeah. Nailed it. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Steve Orlando's writing that one, so. And then, uh, I was looking forward to this. The new Ninja Turtles has a new writer. It's actually 101. But issue 100 got pushed back two weeks. But 101 is written and drawn by Sophie Campbell. And there's a female turtle now. I didn't know that. So there's five Ninja Turtles. Her name is Jenica, and she has Wolverine claws. Like, her, for weapons. Not actual claws. But I'm going to pick that book up because the art looks awesome. And I said it's a good jumping on point. I like the Ninja Turtles, so I want to see what's going on with the fifth Ninja Turtle and uh, Sophie Campbell's art she's a gem for like almost half the run so her art's very good and then writing I, I, I'm, I'm curious I'm sold I'll check out the first issue which is Turtles 100 or 101 100 got pushed back just by two weeks so a couple books getting pushed back here well supposedly Doomsday Clock is still on yeah that's if that comes out I think because this is a lot of box heroes I'm sure you heard too if it gets solicited what this week or next week then, then it's possible it will hit stores before the end of the year. But if not, 
then it's it's really pushing it. I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know if the final issue of Doomsday Clock sees uh, 2019. I'm, I'm gonna say it comes out first week January. I think it's no, like Gary Frank tweeted something out. He said, uh, "Just submit it. Just fax over, or just submit the final page for Doomsday Clock." Uh, it was a fun and long journey. I'll see you all this week at uh, London Comic Con. So hey, maybe he's done with he's done with it. He's done with this. So I don't know if they got now. Unless they got a you know color it or re-ink or whatever. But I mean, how long can that take? So I I think it's gonna be out. I think it's gonna be out by the end of the year. Wow, they're gonna get it out. I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm saying for for first week of January. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, well, just to break the two-year point of a book that should have took one year. We'll have a gentleman's sentence here for no money. I'm yeah. saying it's, it, it, gets, it, it, it gets published and out in the, out in the stands before the end of the wow. year. You're saying yeah, no I way. So. Yeah, I, I say January. But I, I am looking forward to the uh, Collected Trade Edition when that comes out in February or, or March. Yeah, now they did a Collected Trade Edition of the first six issues. That's out already. I was like, oh boy, you're really milking this. And then you do one of the back six and then you do the all 12 together. Yeah, like, why would you buy the six when you know it's, it when it's clearly says in book one, one of 12? Just just wait, you know? <laughs> and get the nice hardcover, probably with some extra art in the back. That, that That's what I'm doing. Just waiting it out. Yeah, Jeff Johns' notes. But yeah, that's a, that's a pretty a good idea, so... All right, well, uh, I'll go into what I read this past week. There was a lot of annuals. A lot of them were kind of like two or three pages, so I'm just not going to take a time. I'm just gonna, not going to review them. There's a, co- there's a couple of annuals. I'll review the Batman and Wonder Woman ones. They're really good. So, uh, Joker, Killer Smile. Okay. DC Black Label. It was fun. Uh, plus. Joker is in Arkham, and there's a psychologist by the name of Dr. Brent. Dr. Brent promises the Joker he's going to cure him. Now, no one's ever told the Joker that before. They basically said they're all going to try to find you know, get into his head, they're going to do this, that, but he said, no, he wants to cure him and put him back out on the streets and just have a regular job. Oh, huh. ben, gets, ben gets home late, as he always does, with his wife and his kid, and his son says, Dad, you promised you're going to read the bedtime story and tell me you did this one. So as he's reading him the bedtime story, he finds out there's this, all this death and, like, these teddy bears that are, like, cutting each other's heads off with chainsaws. <laughs> like, That's really weird. So as he gets, as the next day, he, like, he can't sleep, he can't stop thinking about this. As he gets to Arkham Asylum to talk to the Joker, the Joker basically starts referencing the book and starts laughing, and that's how it ends. And I basically yeah. think that the Joker planted the book there. So. That's cool. I don't. I don't think I'm gonna pick that one up because I'm not too fond of uh, Andrea Sorrentino's art. So I think I might skip that one. I thought the art was great, but just too many books. Up, um, if I hear it, I probably it's a one and done for me. And, and I it, it, it is the magazine size ones, right? There, so they're a little. Yes, so, dollars more. Five, five ninety nine. Yeah, so yeah, I'm, I'm better. Harleen second issue came out, so I'll get Harleen. <laughs> yes, uh, Batman Annual B plus. It's basically uh, it's diaries Alfred as he sees Batman doing the following things: fighting a dragon, fighting an MMA fight, hmm. fighting a dinosaur, killing a vampire, being a scientist, and uh, what else was it? Uh, doing surgery on a young boy. <laughs> so basically, I'm like, this is just really weird. You have all these panels. Like, it's like this day, this day, this day. You have all these panels almost watch himself where he's doing all all these things. And at the last, basically the last thing he says is because this is basically what, what Batman says every day. So it's like basically Alfred sees Batman that he can do anything. He wants to fight a dinosaur? Absolutely. He wants to fight in the UFC? Absolutely. He wants to uh, do surgery on a little boy? Absolutely. He wants to find the cure for cancer? Absolutely. Because like halfway through, I was like, boy, this is just really weird. And as it gets towards the end, you read the last page, and it all ties in. Like, Al, that's the way that Alfred sees Batman. No, okay. Yeah, that's kind of cool. I thought it was really cool. Wonder Woman Annual, A+. Uh, I, th- I checked as soon as I read this, Steve Orlando is going to be taking over the book for G. Willow Wilson, at least, uh, at least temporarily. But I love this. Um, 
Helen Paul gets saved by Diana, and that was happened 12 years ago. They do a flashback 12 years ago, and she winds up becoming an agent for Argus because she wants to be like her hero, Diana, aka Wonder Woman, and uh, fight crime. Uh, the the uh, B story is Diana is shown in uh, Gorilla City, and which I think is great because they she basically gets the lasso truth out over on uh, Grad, Groot, whatever you want to call him, and basically shows him that peace is a better answer than you know massacre death. Mm. And then Leviathan shows up because they're doing the big Leviathan angle. He shows up to talk to uh, to Helen Paul. I won't give away the ending. It's a four ninety nine book, but it is well worth it. Definitely, definitely check it out if you're a Wonder Woman fan, which I know you are. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Uh, Tales from the Dark Universe, Death of Superman. I was not going to pick this up because this is another fine five ninety nine book, and it was just a one shot. But yeah. then I saw that uh, Norm Ratman was on, and I will absolutely support him. One of the nicest guys I've ever met at New York Comic Con. A big metalhead and a big Star Wars fan as well. So I absolutely was like, oh, I was getting ready to put it back, and I because it was on. They put sometimes they put books in my uh, in my pile uh, that they recommend, in which ten times out of ten, it's usually a home run. But like, eh, I don't know, five ninety nine. Yeah, I'm like, oh, Norm did it. So and a good shout out as always to the Encounter, who they might be selling our shirts as well. So oh that's yeah, a, awesome. A story for another day. Yeah. Shout out to them. The the Encounter Comics always great job over there. Uh, they're located on YouTube Boulevard and. Allentown, Pennsylvania. Anyway, so the story begins with the death of Superman and Lois, as as Clark is dying in Lois' hands, if you remember, obviously everybody remembers that shot of death of Superman. The Justice League gets there and it's all too late. Lois blames the Justice League for, their, for uh, Superman's death. She winds up uh, getting powers, gifted powers, and she basically becomes Red Lantern Supergirl. Oh, wow. So, and then she gets all pissed off. She tries to take out the Justice League. And then she, especially Batman, and then she winds up putting the blame on herself for Clark's death. Mm-hmm. And then at the very end, they said, up next is Blackest Night. So I'm like, I would like to pick that up. That's my all-time favorite comic Yeah, I wonder how they would put the spin on it there. I know that they're going to do a couple different uh, tales of the Black or Dark Universe. Yeah, I think there's, I think there's six of them. It's so basically what up. if, you know? Yeah, it's basically a more dark, more pissed off what if. Yeah. Our more pissed off version of that story. But my book of the week, you mentioned Ruby Go Partner, Harley and A Plus. Uh, I'm assuming you're going to pick this up, yes, correct? Yes. The first I one was awesome. I'm literally going to say about three or four things about this, then I will shut up. Um, again, this took me about 20 minutes to get through because there's a lot of context in it, but it had me sitting on the edge of my seat for everything I was reading. You get the first time Harley and Ivy meet. Oh, that's get cool. An origin story of Two Face. And you uh, see the seeds starting to plant where Harley starts falling in love with the Joker. Mm. Which you knew that was going to happen. Yeah, However, yeah, sure. you see, like, the, yeah. Basically, just like in the Star Wars book, you see, like, the flirtations with uh, with Han and Leia. Like, oh my god, this is so awesome. Yeah. So, um, I wait for you to review it when uh, when we can talk about it in more detail. Yeah, I definitely do not want to. At the top of my list to read, basically, because uh, the first one was so good. And and, and uh, Stepan Seychuk's art is awesome. And he writes and draws I, it. I hear that he, once he's done with this, he's going to do Death Vigil 2, which really? originally that was supposed to be a 12-issue series, and the first six issues did not sell well at all, but then I guess it sold really well as a trade. That's how I knew about it, as everybody was talking about it, so uh, I'm going to have to go back and read Death Vigil. You know, I have that I, trade. I, I think I bought off of my Comic-Con two years ago. <laughs> Whenever I did, I never read it. I, I remember I was at the beach, and I was like, oh man, I forgot Death Vigil because I wanted to take it and read it. So, yeah, I have that, and I've never read it, but I, I'd like to because his art is just awesome stuff and obviously his writing is very good too yeah he's one of the few like Terry Moore yeah uh, Frank Miller back in the day when he was doing the double stuff on Daredevil I thought he was pretty good I know his art's kind of like subject but he but um, I'm trying to think who else is a good 
Yeah, it does. How many people can do it? Like Neil Adams, I love. I think Neil Adams and Jack Kirby are the two best artists of all time, and their stuff, like their writing stuff, was just like middle of the road. Yeah, yeah, I agree, especially with uh, Neil Adams, and there's there's some other people too. Like I can't think of any offhand. We're just like, uh, this is not Jeff so hot. Lemire. Yeah, Jeff Lemire, I think did some stuff. Yeah, yeah. Tom McFarlane's uh, art is obviously way better than his writing. So there's all different people that are. Yeah. I think yeah. Terry Moore's tops. Yeah, Terry Moore. Terry I mean, Moore. like he's. I would say he's equal at writing and uh, art. Like they're both great. Like wow. Yeah. Like, if you say, hey, what, what do you do better? <laughs> you know, he'd probably be like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, and how about what he told us in Conrad that Strangers in Paradise is ongoing. I mean, five years. Yeah, five years, five years. I mean, yes, yeah, five years. I thought it was just limited, but hey, I'm, I'm all for it. So I know I was just looking at um previews and they have all the, uh, you can buy the trade of the first uh, ten issue. Where, where, where are they at now? Do they have 10 issues? No, 6 issues? Yeah, yeah, so you buy the first, uh, well, when it comes out, you can get the first uh, 6 issues of the 5 years trade, and you buy the Strangers in Paradise, the last one, that was 10 and 12 issues, and then the Rich Rising on the bus, all the stuff I was looking at. That's like, good stuff, but it did not have the Echo book, which I didn't get to buy off them. But hey, I'll get it. I'll get it sometime. But anyway. You know, I, and I even told them, every year right around Halloween time, I usually break out either, uh, I have the album of us of Rachel Rising, I usually don't break that out just because it's so... So, Heavy, to yeah. around. so I think I have the first two or three trades of Rachel Rising. And I usually kind of just take that with me, you know, where I'm going just to kind of read it. And I didn't. You know, Halloween is, uh, as a recording, this is the day after Halloween. Halloween's over. I just realized that I did not read any Rachel Rising. But mm-hmm. the leaves are still changing. It's uh, the fall weather, so maybe, uh, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll read a little bit, maybe tonight. Who yeah. Knows? Well, hey, it's hard when we got so much other stuff to read. So anyway, did you see this incoming book that Marvel's doing by at all? No. Okay, I so, did not, sir. So this first, it looks like they're doing a new event book, but first they're doing a one shot, and there's a, a ton of people writing. And basically, everyone that's at Marvel now: Al Ewing, Matt Rosenberg, Ed Brisson, Donny Cates, and everybody. Um, and it, it seems that they're doing this one issue, uh, one shot. It's, this one's ten bucks. It's ooh, but it's ninety six pages. And I'll, just, I'll read you the tag. Like, when we unite them, it says, A mysterious murder brings together the heroes of the Marvel Universe in a search for a killer, but no one can imagine where the trail will lead or how it will affect anything in 2020 and beyond. Who is the victim and who is the assailant? So, the cover looks pretty cool. There's one where it's like a, a bloody hand. It's basically all the heroes, like Captain America, Thor, front and center, Valkyrie, Jubilee, for some reason. I don't know why she's that front and center, Miss Marvel. That's random. Yeah, yeah. Like she's one of the main characters, uh, Spider-Gwen. And they have another one, too, where it's uh, Jessica... Jones investigating so and it's like Jessica Jones Captain Marvel and one, one of the new Arrow or whatever one of the new uh, Pacific Rim stars or Pacific Asian characters uh, Iron Man Nova so I don't think I might pick this up it sounds pretty good the, the who's who of people writing and doing the art like Aaron Cooter the Sorrentino uh, Carlos Pacheco Carmen Tenero basically everyone at Marvel right now is on this book and it is going to go into some type of event. And then that 2020 event where, like, I don't know if you've seen any pictures of that. It's like Iron Man has big gears for shoulders. And they're doing, like, a 2020, uh, apparently it was some short-lived book in the eight, the early 90s, I think. Where it was kind of like, oh, it's the future. And everyone has steampunky stuff. So they kind of look like steampunk heroes. So I don't know where they're going with that. But I'm going to check it out. And it, I think, it, when does it come out here? Uh, I think it comes out next month, actually. So it just, I, yeah, I can't really get the exact date, but man, 96 page one shots, 10 bucks, but I'm kind of digging it. Everyone that's in Marvel is there. So, looking forward to that. And I think that's really about it. I know the, uh, the new Excalibur came out, and Psylocke is now Captain Britain. Yeah, because there's another Psylocke, because uh, her, if, her conv- if her backstory wasn't convoluted enough, they made it more convoluted. <laughs> so, I kind of want to read that, because I really like Psylocke, even though, I guess this is Betsy Braddock, and Psylocke is in her book, uh, Fallen Angels. But there's not too much comic news. I was looking around, 
and it just uh, kind of seems like there's not really nothing kind of in a, in a lull right now for uh, big comic news other than just you know normal books coming out or getting pushed back. I, d I did see the uh, New World's Finest. Uh, they're gonna do is a Batwoman and Supergirl. It's only a one shot. Oh. Yeah, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna check that out. I'm gonna see who. Oh, written by Margaret Stahl and, and art by Laura Braga. I'm sold. Laura Braga's awesome. And Margaret Stahl, she wrote uh, Life Captain Marvel. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's one of them DC like giants, you know, the hundred page ones that Walmart was selling. But you're gonna get this in a comic shop. So I think I'm gonna pick that up because that looks pretty cool. I was like, ooh, Batwoman, Supergirl, and it's out December fourth. So I think that's that's really about it for. For comics, since I don't have no news, I didn't really read anything. So next week, I'll have a bunch to talk about. Well, I'll go over real quick about what's going on in the DCCWU. Oh, okay, yeah, go ahead. So it seems like Arrow is like the show to watch. Like, Flash is good, but it seems like, like with the Flash, obviously, you know, the main thing, obviously, if you read Crisis on Infinite Earth, which obviously is a crossover happening in about five or six weeks, is uh, Barry Allen at base has to sacrifice himself, or else billions upon billions will die. All the universes, you know, will, will die from the anti-matters, uh, uh, white-walled anti-matter. So you're gearing up for that, and he finally convinces everybody, like, look, I just spend the rest of these five or six weeks preparing you guys for life without me. I'm enjoying my time with you. We're going to catch low-level criminals. But, like, you're kind of just waiting, like, for it to be, like, really heavy, and it's mm -hmm. kind of just, you know, they're just basically catching, like, C-level villains, and it's just, like, only, like, five or ten minutes of the show, you know, developed for, like, the crisis. Like, where Arrow is, like, all about the crisis and stuff like that, so... Uh, however, there is this one scene where Barry and Joe, uh, obviously, you know, you watch the show, so you know that when uh, Reverse Flash killed Barry's parents, he moved in with Joe, mm -hmm. obviously fell in love with Iris, so not only was Joe basically the guy that raised him, but basically his father-in-law as well. So they're sitting there, and he's just like, Barry, I don't want you to go, and they start crying. And it, was, oh, it was very well done by Grant Gustin and the guy who plays Joe. I forget what uh, what his name is. Oh, yeah, it's what you mean, yeah. Very, yeah, very touching, like, oh, got me. So it's just like, oh man. So I mean, don't get me wrong, Flash is still good, but it's just like the second episode was like 80% of it was about like the crisis, and you know he went to Earth three to talk to Jay Garrick, and you know he's just and then he Jay Garrick starts telling you know he knows about the anti matter. It's like, oh man, here we go. So like these other episodes, it almost feels like a Bendis like filler issue where it's good, but it's just like come on, ramp up. However, Arrow, I don't know if it's just because it's the crisis or they only got eight episodes, but man. They're really cranking it out. So basically, here's what happens. So they got to go to Hong Kong, right? They need to talk to Dr. Wong because he understands about all the different Earths and he knows how to travel from one Earth to the other Earth. And uh, I guess in between of everything going on, once one Earth gets wiped out, only a certain amount, only maybe a couple hundred people survive that Earth and they, get, they automatically can transport over to another Earth. So they go to Hong Kong and they bump into Katana. Right, okay. now, Katana, I think, was on a season, maybe season four or five or Arrow. So and it's the girl that was played Mio in uh, City. Okay. So, so like, oh, cool. I was like, man, they got Katana in here. That's awesome. So they go to Hong Kong and Earth Two, Earth Two, uh, Black Canary's there. So it's the same girl plays Laurel Lance, and she's like, you need to jump me into. She tells Doctor Wong, puts a gun to his head, and you need to take me to Earth Two. And Lila, who's Diggle's wife, and then in the comic book, Lila helps the, uh, the monitor set everything up for the anti-monitor. She's going, there's, she's looking at the computer, she's just like, there's no, there's no Earth 2. Showing there's no life for Earth 2. Hmm. So, then the, so then what they do is they show the future story of, of um, uh, Oliver and Felicity's kid. She's basically doing stuff, and she's basically carrying on the Green Arrow name, and this is like 20 years from now. 
all of a sudden they're in this, this like this fight with this group of Deathstrokes. So it's like they're fighting. It's like the, like the, like Team Arrow Future versus like Team Deathstroke Future. But like that's like the sides are all of a sudden they're in the middle of this fight, and all of a sudden you just see this white light go over. So I'm like, oh, that's gotta be the white wall of antimatter. So a bunch of people die, but then those people that survived, which was Oliver's kid with Felicity and mm-hmm. Oliver's son that he had with a relationship that happened years ago on Arrow. They survive, but their Earth must be in the future because they get transported to uh, to where Oliver, like where Team Arrow resides, like the Arrow King. Yeah, so he's just, they're just like, wait, wait, Dad? Like, who are you? Like, I'm your daughter from the future. So I'm like, oh, so now one of the 52 Earths is a future Earth. I'm like, I never thought about that before. Yeah. Hmm. Brilliant. Yeah, that's kind of cool. I thought it maybe White Lantern, but it's kind of hard to explain that when you don't even have a Green Lantern. <laughs> So I thought that was cool. I I think two episodes behind on Batwoman. I I'm still enjoying that, and uh, Supergirl's fun. Walking Dead continues to just be mad, and I, I would think Walking Dead has to be on its last legs. I, I would, I, would think. I, I guess I know the ratings keep dropping, but it's still like the highest rated show on AMC. Wow! So it's like they'll never they'll never get rid of it. Jeez. I'm just thinking about this. Look at I mean, look at but just between me doing what I do for work and the gym. And we got the podcast and pushing this and pushing that. But look at the, this TV I watch. So I tried, uh, maybe Raw, maybe SmackDown, but I get an AW, NXT, Impact. I try for Ring of Honor. And then I have my shows with Amber. So I have the Goldbergs, Modern Family, Young Sheldon, Mom. And then I have Flash, Batwoman, Supergirl, um, Arrow, Walking Dead. And then once that cycles off, I have Agents of Shield, which I think is on its last season. And I think something else. Wow, that's a, that's a lot of stuff to watch every week. Yeah. Plus, like I said, I'm working 40, 40, 50 hours a week. You know, we're pumping out stuff for the podcast. It seems like I'm wrestling more and more and more. You know, eight, anywhere between eight to nine hours a week. You know, at the gym, and I compete for husband and father here every single <laughs> day. So, so I'm very and busy. I try to sleep in about five, six hours of sleep every day. <laughs> Busy yeah. man, I'm a busy yeah. man, sir. I'd say so. As long as, long as you're happy, and you're doing fine. Now, did you see that they're gonna do a, a Superman and Lois Lane show again? That's the dude that played uh, Smallville Superman. Tom no, Tom not Smallville. Um, um, no, uh, who is it? It's uh, there's two Superman. Sorry, or not? I mean, the Supergirl Superman. That's what I thought. Yes, the I Supergirl thought. Superman. There we go. I said it right. I forget his name. Yeah, he's gonna be Superman. They're starting that show, I guess, next year. And then, of course, Green Arrow is gonna be Green Arrow and the Canary. So I guess that future daughter, because the, the art was a female Green Arrow, she's gonna be the main character of the new Green Arrow show starting next year. So they're doing that. Oh, and I did watch the uh, I watched the Wonder Woman Bloodlines cartoon, and I thought okay. it was pretty good. I I, I I really enjoyed. it. I heard the Batman Hush. I have it. A lot of people say that wasn't so good. I know they do a swerve ending that's different than the comic, and actually uh, got spoiled by me. But I still watched that. I bought that too. But uh. I heard that's not good, but the Wonder Woman is really good. And let me tell you, at the end, when she fights the uh, the big bad, at the end, she really gets messed up. <laughs> I was like, they got a killer here? What's going on? But it, it's pretty good. And, like, all her villains are in a cheetah, giganta. I mean, that's no spoiler. Cheetah's right in the cover. Uh, Dr. Maro slash uh, Dr. Psycho, Cyber, Silver Swan. So I'm like, wow, they're really loading it up. The only one that's not Ares does not appear in it, but um, it was really good. I, I, I liked it. So if you see Wonder Woman Bloodlines, it's like, I think the Blu-ray is like seventeen ninety eight at Walmart. It's a pick it up. No, you said there's a swerve for the uh, Batman. Yeah, launch. there's a swerve, bro. Vince Russo, written by, written and directed by. Vince yeah, it, it makes a little more sense. But you're like, wait a minute, why? Why did they go that direction? So, 
Yeah, yeah. I I heard it. And I was like, that's kind of dumb. It, it's a swerve where it's like it's not shocking. It's just kind of like, wah, wah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Like yeah. Or... I watched the first half hour of, of Batman Hush. I liked it, but maybe you know, maybe it goes downhill because a lot of people are saying it, it's just okay. This is the cartoon, not the comic. The comic is awesome. Yeah, Jeff Loeb and Jim Lee. So, all right, is there anything else you want to talk about? You want to uh, you want to do the top five things, maybe? Home yeah, let's uh, let's 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 call quits here and uh, all right, sir. Set it on home. I guess I'll go first. I. I, I wanted to do it last week. I totally forgot. We probably did it before, but I'll do it again. It was Halloween yesterday, so give me your top five candy. It doesn't have to be Halloween candy. Give me any candy. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Okay. Butterfinger. Ooh. Snickers. Fifth Avenue. Ooh. Uh, Kit Kats. Oh, wow. So so I'm, I'm with you with a lot of, like, I gotta go the Peanut Butter Cups. And then uh, Snickers. I also really like Fifth Avenue, so we like that chocolate peanut butter. I'm gonna go with that. What's what's it called? The uh, Nutrageous Bar by Reese's. Great, yeah, they're, yeah, they're fantastic. And then I will go with the what's it called? The Narrow Bar. You ever see that? Walmart has them. They're like the white chocolate candy bars. Yeah. It's basically Snickers but white chocolate. And then one more Skittles. <laughs> so oh, yeah. I, I'm a Twix guy as well. So. Oh yeah, Twix are very good. Is up there as well. All right, sir. Mine's gonna be my top five is gonna be a little bit different. Okay. And here's how you're gonna play. It's actually gonna maybe think outside the box a little. It's gonna be wrestling related. So okay. Give me your top five tag teams. However, mm-hmm. here's how it goes. I need one from WWF, not oh. WWE, WWF. Okay. Currently. I need. Uh, no, 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 no. WWF. Oh, okay. I got. Okay. Okay. I hear you. Yeah. Hear, yes. Now they can only now uh, one from WCW slash NWA. Okay. One from ECW. One from Japan that they are currently not wrestling. And by Japan, they don't have to be Japanese. Like, you can say uh, Doc and Gordy. You can say Hanson and Brody. Okay. And then give me one tag team that is currently competing today. So one from WWF, one from WCW slash NWA, one from Japan that they are not active. Okay. And one from ECW and one from uh, one from today. Okay, so from, from ECW, I guess I'll go with... Uh Ralph Van Dam Sabu, my my runner up will be the Eliminators. Uh, from WCW NWA, I'm I'm, I'm pick. You know we talk a lot about the Rock and Roll, but I'm pick the Midnight Express just to get them in there. WWF. Uh, let's let's go with. Uh, hmm. We'll go, we'll go with Demolition because that's my favorite, and then we'll, we'll second nod to the Heart Foundation. <laughs> Demolition. Uh, Let's see, Japan currently wasn't one of them? I know Japan's... No, no Japan, they cannot... Oh, you just mean anyone currently. And then Japan's old. So anyone currently, got to throw Young Bucks in there. And then Japan... Oh, jeez. Uh, let me think, let me think. Guys that not... Oh, jeez. Mm. Can, can I say... Whew, um, what was the... Yeah, I, I got to go. I got to go. Uh, I'm going to go with Otani and Takaiwa, the two Super Juniors. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Remember, remember they were multiple-time uh, tag team, uh, junior tag team champions, so Shinjiro Otani and Tetsa, Tetsuhito Takawa. Yeah. Yeah. Even though, even though I think they are going to wrestle in Liger's last match, but they're not active-active. So. Yeah. No, no, no. That's, hey, that's fine. Okay, for me, uh, WWF, I'm going to have to do the Heart Foundation. Okay. For WCW NWA, I was going to say the Midnights, but Ooh. I'm going to go with Arn and Tully. Ooh, there's a good one. We could have said the Fantastics, too. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, for ECW, I'm going to say the Eliminators. Okay. For Japan, I'm going to say Holy Demon Army, oh, uh, yes. Kawada and Tayo. Yeah. And current, the Young Bucks is too obvious, so I'm going to say the Rock and Roll. It's oh, like, there we go. They are the round out the podcast. They are current. Right? Hey, NWA Tag Team Champions, right now, yep. today, 2019. Yeah. <laughs> 
Absolutely. That was a good one. That didn't make me think there. The Japan one, I'm yeah. like, I'm thinking of guys on my way. Still wrestling. Still wrestling. Still. So, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, there's a ton, especially I know you, you you're big on the uh, the new Japan stuff. I'm all you know. I obviously you know when I first caught my eye on to anything Japanese was the all Japan stuff, and they would have the tag league, and then I would go back and watch some of the tag league stuff in the '80s. So, on the top of my head, like yeah, you know, just the Americans, you could have the Funks, Sheik and uh, Abdul the Butcher, uh, Kamala too, and Rob Van Dam. Yeah. Hanson and Brody. You know, Hansen I could have said Yazzie, the Hell Raiders. Yeah, I, could, I could have said that. Hell Raisers, I mean. Yeah, the Legion of Doom, you could have said. I mean, there's a, there's a lot that's in there. There's a lot of facts, especially that all Japan stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did you start thinking of? I was like, ugh, ugh, ugh. But uh, if I, pull one, I pulled a good one out there. <laughs> that was a real yeah. good one. You really thought left field caught me on that one for a good one. But, uh, all right, partner. Let's see. You ready to wrap this puppy up? Yeah. So you want to find me, or you want to get one of our sweet shirts available in mineral black, blue, and regular black? Just send me a message on Facebook. Just search my name, Andy Header, and same thing on Instagram, and you can uh, get yourself one of those sweet ass blue and gold T-shirts. So. Yeah. If you guys want to get a hold of me at all, um, you will. One second. I'm sorry. If you guys want to get a hold of me. Look for me on the Twitter and the Facebook. I'm sorry, the Twitter and the Instagram. I always mess it up. Uh, search uh, Matt Turner, uh, OF. Obviously, you guys want to get a shirt. You know, as my partner said before, just hit us up and we'll figure a way to ship it out to you. Just let us know where you're going to be at a show and we'll hold one for mm-hmm. you. Also, uh, if you guys are trying to bulk and season's coming up, log on to uh, Type in M Turner for the best supplements on the market. And uh, I think that's uh, just really pretty much just about it. Yeah, if you guys, like I said, want to get a hold of us, hit, us, hit me up on social media, want to talk about anything, we're we're always there. Yeah, definitely. Or we'll get a hold of you. We'll get back to you at some point down the road. So I guess this, this is episode 73 for Matt Turner. For me, I have no catchy tagline except for tag teams, tag teams, tag teams. See you later. <laughs>